Hello, everybody. Welcome to another. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who are you? Oh, well, maybe I should have add, uh, should announce the podcast first. Hi. Sure. This is the Pie Factory Podcast. And once again, coming from uh, Morris, Illinois, this is me, Jimmy G. And once again, coming from Chicago, and I'm not going to say Illinois because I don't. Chicago and Illinois, two completely different things. Well, I don't think there's any other Chicago's in the country either. I do know that if I lived in, say, Joliet, Illinois, it might cause some confusion if I just said Joliet, because there is a Joliet in Montana. Yeah, that's right. Uh, granted, I think it's only about two, maybe three people tops in that town. I mean, there's an East Chicago just over the border in Indiana. But... Well, there's a West Chicago and a North Chicago. Yeah. But there's no I, South no, Chicago. I'm coming from Chicago, and this is you. And there's I mean, a this is me. Heights. This is I, Sean. There's Chicago Ridge. There's Chicago Heights, Chicago Ridge. Yep. Yep. My experience is that if there's a town name with the word Heights in it, it means not quite. Like well, there's a Boston Heights in Ohio, not quite Boston. Well, to be perfectly fair, uh, Illinois is flat, so yeah. In fact, the town of Blue Island has a higher elevation than Chicago Heights, and that's north. I believe that. Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> uh, being the geology buff that I am, along with being a geography buff, the ancient Lake Michigan actually... Uh, uh, the town where Blue Island is actually was uh, an island in uh, ancient Lake Michigan. Hmm. And it's like uh, the highest point within miles uh, there, actually. Oh, and uh, <clears throat> there's also a, a confirmed meteor crater in uh, Des Plaines. Ooh. Yeah, it's an ancient meteor crater. It's been eroded away, but uh, they figured it out because, say, all of the sediments and rocks and stuff here are compacted for some reason. And so, yeah. So Illinois has both a volcano and a meteor crater. Actually, we have several meteor craters. I seem to remember you told me about the volcano before. That... Hicks Dome. What's next? Do we have an ocean somewhere in this state? Well, I think we were under underwater at one point. Oh, I'm sure we were. Yeah. I mean, plate tectonics. In fact, all. actually, Braidwood, Illinois, which is not too far from where I live, at one time was the shore of ancient Lake Michigan, and there's actually sand dunes there. Hmm. So this has been Geology with Jim. <laughs> so how are you doing, Sean? Well, thank you for asking. I'm uh, doing as okay as I can be doing right now because I've still got that neck problem that's radiating through the upper left half of my body that I'm yeah. dealing with. Still doing physical therapy, but but I, I did what? a test bike ride to where I work. I mm -hmm. did that this past Saturday just to see if I can do it just to see if maybe I can physically be up to it. And so I got on the bike. I just ran a few errands here and there, met my wife for lunch, and then headed out to my place of work on my bike. And my neck hurt a little bit, but it was more of an annoyance than anything else. It wasn't really agony, or mm -hmm. whatever. And the lakefront trail is torn up terribly. That's my preferred way to get there on bike. So it took me like an hour and a half for what usually takes me 40 minutes, which tells me, yeah, I probably better uh, take some other way there when I actually do that ride again. But I made it. I made it all the way to the office. Well, outside the office, the building I work. So I go to park my bike in our bike storage and there's a big old thing just massacred with caution tape and a sign on it that says, well, there's some falling debris in the bike room. So the bike room's closed until further notice. Ah. <laughs> so I had to walk around, look for a place to park. 
I knew that there was a bike rack on the other side of the building, but there was uh-huh. some creepy looking guy who looked like moon vest from 30 rock. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go there. And on the other corner, there was some guy like just kind of squatting down on the corner and just looking sideways and yelling at people in European. I'm pretty sure that was the language he was using. It was the <laughs> European language. What's that guy speaking? Uh, he's speaking European. Yeah, like the episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, Danger Death Right. Yep. Uh, what country are they in? Europe. Europe. <laughs> that cracks my wife up, just the way that Mike answers it. He's like, Europe. And uh, I work two buildings away from the Wrigley building, and one building away from where I work is uh, the building where Bob Hartley worked on the Bob, Bob Newhart. Newhart show. But in the Wrigley building, there's Walgreens. So after I, I parked my bike under Michigan Avenue across the street from the Billy Goat Tavern. I go upstairs and I go to the Walgreens, get a drink. I sit outside and I drink. And then I go back to my bike and I get on my bike and suddenly I'm in extreme agony. Ooh. It's like, oh, God. But I'm thinking, number one, maybe I need eight hours to pass before I can get back on the bike. I'm just overexerting myself. And number two... Uh, it's been about eight hours since I took my ibuprofen, which probably wore off. Yeah. So I got back on and I figured I could probably make it to Village Cycle Center. It's only about a mile and a half from there because mm-hmm. I wanted to look for some pannier bags, which I ended up not buying, by the way. Got back on the bike and I felt a little bit better, but it's like, yeah, I should just take mass transit home. So I was going to just bike to the nearby Brown Line Station, or as you used to refer to it, Skidmark. (laughs) And uh, I got on the bike, and there was just this little voice in my head telling me, come on, grow a pair. Just pedal all the way home. And I did. I fracking did it, and I made it. Yay. And I ended up doing actually a grand total of 27 miles that day. And my round trip back and forth from home to work is usually depending on the route I take between say 15 miles and 18 miles. Mm -hmm. So I did pretty well, pretty well. And just due to various circumstances, I so far haven't ridden my bike to work this week and it's three days into the work week, but Hey, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. I I'm I'm still not sure how many miles I have on my bike right now. I haven't checked in a while. Uh, Did I mention on last podcast how I did the 81 mile trip? I think you did. the Fox River Trail. There's a yes. couple of detours around there. One is an ongoing thing. A couple of them are an ongoing thing in South Elgin, which I said. But uh, there was one in it's either Batavia, Geneva, or St. Charles, which uh, was an issue last year as well, like some construction along the trail. But that's a, that looks like it's going to be a temporary thing. But uh, so there was that. Uh, this last week, I this this previous Sunday. Uh, I finally did one of the well, a ride I've been wanting to do for a while, and that's from home to Norway and back. Oh yes, yes. Norway, Illinois, and um, Which I've never heard of. I'll be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's about I, mean, I said maybe twenty five miles west of Plainfield. It's more like thirty or thirty five. It's the oldest permanent Norwegian settlement in America, and wow. um, the Norway store uh, this year celebrates its one hundred and seventieth anniversary. Yeah, it's like, oh, if uh, if you're on one of my Facebook friends, you may have seen my little tour through that store. It's like a typical little convenience store, but they sell like souvenirs and uh, and uh, Norwegian specific uh, goods as well. And they have a great mm-hmm. little tiny restaurant in there. When I say tiny, it, it's really tiny uh, and, and they still have a buffet. I don't know. But uh, uh, some of the best biscuits and gravy, like four and a half bucks. Oh, God, huh. they were good. 
Did you hear that, Victor and Sean, when you're in the (laughs) Chicago area, go there for biscuits. So, uh, no, you guys love biscuits. So it was worth the ride in, uh, but due to bad route planning, I had to walk my bike like a mile and a half over extremely loose gravel. I, I generally, when I'm going on a ride in an area I've never been before, I, you know, look at uh, Google Maps and Google Street View and, you know, satellite images or whatever, just to see what the road conditions are, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know, it looks like this is all paved all the way. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't like a mile and a half. And the two and a half miles between where I turned to, uh, turned to get into Norway and the town itself, uh, a mile and a half was like, was like loose gravel. Uh, one of them looked like it had just recently been poured over like an old tartan chipped, you know, mm. road. And the other one just looks like it was always gravel. And I must have misread the mis. Well, I, yeah, I guess that's correct. Misread the image on uh, Google uh, Google satellite images. Um, I do have a different way of to go next time I go, and there will be a next time. This, that was such a perfect day to go, because the only reason I really haven't done it is because on the days I've wanted to do it, the wind was just, like, too strong out of the west, mm. and this last Sunday was just, like, the perfect day to do it, and uh. it was worth it. The only problem was is on the ride back, well, on the on the way there, one stretch was, like, 10 miles straight, no turning whatsoever. And uh, generally fairly flat, with maybe one or two little hills, nothing, nothing really horrible. But on the way back, I took a little bit of a different route, and um, and I broke it up into three, four mile segments. But it seemed like it took hell of a lot longer. And uh, again, bad planning. My battery, the cable, the USB cable for my uh, backup battery for my oh, phone, no. was not staying seated into the phone, uh, even though I charged the battery with it. Go figure. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm heading into Morris. I'll just try to get to my wife's church right before she leaves and see if I can't borrow hers, you know, and then just go the last couple of miles home. Yeah, no, that didn't work uh, because she had gotten out like 15 minutes early. And, of course, to do that, uh, the only way to get to her church from where I was is I had to ride on U.S. Route 6 for three miles. And, um, wow, Uh, the idiots that drive, drivers don't realize you have to leave bicyclists and motorcyclists three feet of clearance yep and we then, talked uh, about that yeah and uh, of course then you're the bad guy for riding on the road uh, i had somebody uh, honk their horn at me and flip me off and i, and I, uh, I yelled back with some uh, colorful language of my own like double dumbass on you um, hey, you purple jagoff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You need a flaming chainsaw enema. Oh, mine was more colorful than that. Come yeah, on. The uh, And, of course, I used the F word just before I turned and rode up. I pulled my bike into the church. So <laughs> that was awesome. That was, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I took a took a quick little stop at the band shell in Morris here. It's a nice facility, actually. And uh, just held the charger into my phone for 10%, so I got it up to like 30%. So I probably could have made it home because I'm only like three or four miles home from home at that point. But but so, uh, so there was that. This coming uh, Saturday, I've got the Tour of Scenic Ogle County out of Oregon, Illinois. Uh, one of the most scenic areas in northern Illinois. It is, it's just freaking amazing. And uh, it's hillier than hell, but uh, there's one part of the ride I absolutely love. It's uh, the ride into the second rest stop, which is in the town of Grand Detour, Illinois. And it's at the John Deere uh, State Historic Site. Ah. And um, the mile 
I mean, this road is tough. Again, it's 10 miles straight, but it's up and down, and there's some hills that are like, eh. But uh, it's the last mile and a half is just down a hill. For a mile and a half, you do not have to pedal at all. You can still keep up at a decent clip and just ride right into the rest stop. So oh, that's I, always I, fun. I love coasting. Oh, gosh, yes. I've said it before. Uh, the, one, the one thing that took me the longest time to realize with uh, bike riding, and I should have realized this earlier, is that the different gears are not there to make you go faster. They're there to make your ride easier. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a way to think about it. Yeah. And if you think about it that way, then uh, you can make better uh, gearing decisions and in in that sort of thing, like going up a hill. Uh, uh. Yeah. I mean, it might make your might make you go faster, but it's mainly to make it easier. So yeah, that. yeah, that's that's oh, an excellent way, way to look at. It. Did you hear about the speaking of bicycling? Did you hear uh, what the news out of the Bonneville Salt Flats? What somebody beat Craig Breedlove's land speed record on a bike? Yeah. No, I, I just get seriously. I was making that up. Oh, well, somebody did beat the world world land speed record on a bicycle. Good uh, Lord. I don't know who the person was, who the person was, or who they beat. But oh, uh, it was it beating was, the bicycle land speed, not Craig Breedlove's uh, land yeah. speed. So uh, what happened was I don't remember who it was. It was uh, it was it was a, a woman. I don't have the story in front of me, but uh, she was she uh, recorded at over a hundred and eighty some miles an hour. Whoa. Was that on a recumbent or a standard? I think it was a standard bicycle, but okay. here's the rub. She was pulled along, and th- and it's not just her. Everybody who set this record has done it the same way. She was pulled hmm. along by a vehicle at first. Ah. And, yeah. I, so, I don't know if I'd count that. I, I'm, I, I guess it's probably good a, a good um, test of the, the equipment that they're riding. Uh, but I'm, I'm wondering maybe she has to maintain that speed. Uh, for a while too, and not just coast. Uh, I haven't looked at the details of it, but uh, until I do, I'm like, that's eh, not really that impressive. I want to see somebody actually pedal, like from a stop, from a stop, yeah, and yeah. give them like five miles, uh, you know, to to reach that. But um, so I want to, I'm going to hmm. look into that a little bit more because it's regardless of the situation, it, it is still interesting to me. So. Uh, yeah, there's that. Right, given that we've been talking about this for 10 minutes, I think that kind of uh, gives a little bit more weight to my argument that there's one thing that we have been doing lately, and hmm. by we I mean I, that we should still do for this episode that it's going to be completely off topic anyway. Hmm. And that's uh, what you recently named Sean's Drinking Arena. Yes, Sean's Drinking Arena. So I'm going to go live. Sean's Drinking Arena. Uh, I'm going live on Facebook and hi, Facebook people. It's this guy again. It is I, it's been only a week. It's been only a week that tells you that, uh, Hey, we've been, uh, uh, working on the new episode, uh, pretty, pretty freaking early actually. And for this week, for this episode, I have chosen Melba's fixins birthday cake soda because, well, I ran out of Lester's fixins, at least in my neighborhood. There's another there's a candy store a little for, a little bit south of me, a couple of miles away, that I want to check because I think they would carry the same kind of stuff. It's not a Rocket Fizz store; those are only in the suburbs here. Oh, when I was, you know what? And I was uh, thinking of which, uh, talking about bicycling. Uh, yes. When I was on the Fox River Trail uh, in St. Charles, there is a Rocket Fizz store, and I was tempted to go oh. in there, but the problem is that I didn't feel like carrying a bottle of pop with me all for the next like thirty miles home. So uh, you couldn't stick it on like one of your, okay, your bike, I saw a picture of your bike, Jimmy G, and it has two bottle holders on Mm -hmm. it. Mine 
has one and there isn't even a little thingy where you can install a bottle holder on the other side. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, you can I'm always jealous. get one of those mounts that mount on the back of your uh, of your seat. Hmm, that could be a thing. In fact, I'm going to probably have to do that with my son's bicycle because while he does have the place to mount him, there's just no way you can fit a, a rack yeah. in there. And you know, something that's, that sticks out in my mind, of course, you pointed out before that there's this little duck over here on the shelf. Mm-hmm, which I can't see now because you're... Your live video feed looks like one of those magic eye puzzles. Oh, good, good. But further up here, where I'm pointing now, this has kind of been catching my eye a lot, my eye a lot lately. Folks, that is not Yoko Ono. That is May Pang. May Pang. Just in case anybody was wondering. But anyway, I'm going to try this. You need to get a picture of Wing. Oh, yeah, I should. Yeah. Even though she's retired from music. But did she ever have a fling with John Lennon, though? May Pang did. Hmm. But anyway. You never know. Birthday cake soda. Oh, by the way, there's a reason that I specifically chose birthday cake, other than the oh. fact that there were no other Lester's fixins left at yeah. the at the uh, frozen custard or froku place, as I like to call it. Froku box. And that's at uh, the next time we record, I will either be 44 years old, which I'm not now, or I will be just days away from 44. Ooh. So. I just wanted to make sure that I got this covered in time, so I'm going to... It's not for my birthday, which I just had? Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, that's true. And uh, this bottle cap is not... Sometimes I keep thinking your birthday's in November, but that's Bob's. This bottle cap is not twisting off for some reason. That's why I Uh, have a compact bottle opener. Yeah, I'm going to see if my wife has her teacher's little helper. I'll be right back. This is a twist off. The cap was just on way too freaking tight. I can actually see the little groove here. Oh. So, all right, here we go. Uh, well, let's, you know, uh, the Melba's groove is Fixin's in the heart. Birthday cake. I have a feeling this one's going to be pretty good. You know what? This tastes like. Uh, you know that really cheap soda? It's called um, Fago. Mm hmm. Uh, oh, I just realized something. Uh, the light from my microphone. If I move my head in a certain position, it'll look like a spy has a target on my head and is about to shoot me. Come with me if you want to live. But this tastes kind of like Fago's cotton candy soda. Oh. But not quite as sweet. And the problem I had with their cotton candy soda was that it was too sweet. Mm-hmm. Too sweet. This this is just right. I kind of like this. I didn't know Fago made a cotton candy soda. I'll have to try check that out. Me likey cotton candy. It's pretty good. In fact... I'm going to blend it in with the emergency drink that I brought, which is not strawberry lemonade, but it's actually Trader Joe's cherry mm-hmm. uh, cider. Ooh, going all kamikaze on us. Yeah. I always have this have something else as a backup in case the drink I'm trying is really, really, really bad and I need to wash it down. Instead, I'm going to use the birthday cake to dilute the cherry cider, which wasn't really a good idea. It just kind of gave the cherry cider less flavor. Yeah. But hey, Lester's fixins or no Melba's fixins. Melba's, yeah, because Melba's cake soda, very nice. Melba's is Melba's is generally like the desserty, sweetie, sweeter kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad at all. And I'm gonna end the live video right here. This has been Sean's Drinking Arena. Sean's Drinking Arena. And I have terrible teeth. And you have <laughs> terrible teeth. And they're in fine enough shape. They just look ugly. <sighs>
So we got that uh, taken care of. Uh, so what should we do now? Well, I think we're going to just skip like addenda and errata and news yeah. and stuff tonight. Um, because uh, yeah, I, it, that, for number one, it would be very disjointed. Number two, yeah. we'd, you know, like we've, we've got the joint some people the way it might, is. might uh, who usually listen to us might opt to not listen to this episode because they don't want to hear something off topic for all we know. But hey, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna dispense with that. There is a little news uh, and a little ad- uh, addenda, but uh, in errata, but uh, we can hold off on that for another episode. Yeah, but um, yeah, um, I'm just gonna dive right into it. September is National uh, here in the United States National Suicide Prevention Month, uh, and uh, interestingly, the week my birthday is in, which would be September 11th, that week is National Suicide Prevention Week. So uh, yeah, my birthday's got the got the twofer, um, and uh, we've we've talked about you know depression in the past, and we've uh, we've done some stuff you know for it. And I remember a couple of years ago when the hurricane hit uh, Houston, where uh, we we did a thing where we were going to send all of our you know all of our uh, Patreon money to yeah. to uh, what was it Nami of Greater Houston? Nami I Greater it was. Houston. That was last year actually. Last year, and uh, what wow. Times keeps on slipping into the future, and then uh, for my one thing, Facebook does now is when it's your birthday, Facebook's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to use your birthday for uh, for uh, for some sort of a charity fundraiser?" You know, and I don't like kind of being forced into that, but I'm like, you know what? If Facebook's asking me, you know, what's the worst? I mean, my money is not going to Facebook, so I decided to uh, dedicate my birthday on Facebook to. Uh, NAMI, uh, uh, NAMI, that's the National, what was it, National Alliance for Mental Illness, on mental illness, not for mental, why why would you want to be for mental illness, but National Alliance on Mental Illness, and uh, I just put a minimum goal of like 200 bucks, raised 210 for that, so uh, that that was kind of nice. That was awesome. And um, it's a fine, fine uh, charity, and we'll talk a little bit, we'll mention them a little bit later, but... uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to wanted to talk about it a little bit. Uh, just I've got some stuff highlighted here. Uh, one thing we did this year is we uh, put some feelers out to some of our other uh, gaming podcasting friends. You know, if, if they had any stories or whatever they wanted to tell. And um, you wanna you wanna start things off by uh, playing one of them right here. Okay, sure. Um, I think uh, it would be a. What do you think? Should we start with uh, Soul Blazer? Sure. Why not? Okay. Let's so let's hear from. Uh, our friend Greg, Greg. Polander. Hello, Sean and Jim. This is Greg, also known as Soul Blazer, co-host of the Super NES Podcast, PlayStation Power Podcast, like along with George. You guys asked me just to do a little submission, like about my experiences in history, like depression, some of like some of my thoughts about it, in collaboration with the uh, fundraiser that you're doing. So uh, I'm doing this off the cusp. Off the cuff, I'm trying to say. Sorry. I <laughs> uh, don't really have anything really planned out, so I'll just kind of like wing it and, and hope it sounds like all right. I think you guys, first of all, are, are great for doing this, and, you know, I really wanted to give you something like to help support it. Uh, I love the work you, that you guys are doing on your podcast, the flight and other stuff, so it's a small contribution for me. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I think depression or mood swings are a lot more common than people really, like, realize. I mean, I've seen, I've seen stats and, and data and whatnot saying that 
almost everybody in the, in the whole world is going to be affected by it at some point or another, like in the course of their life. And I think it's also becoming more common in modern world, not just because it's also being like more widespread and accepted, which is true, but also the fact that, well, it is being more widespread. I think because of because of the rush rush world that we live in right now and that kind of stuff. But it's also being diagnosed and treated better, uh, which is all for the good. I could probably give a whole different podcast about the the deplorable state of the mental health system in this like in this country and the fact that it really needs a lot more support and effort, but that's a whole different thought. Anyway, I think that I think that the general trend for people being for, for, like, for people coming out and, and and being honest and publicly talking about the kind of stuff uh, from anywhere from like you know common working working souls to celebrities is all like very good and like not very important. Hopefully, continues the trend about like you know like getting things to improve and helping people because. Um, Unfortunately, we've seen the effects too much, like even in our small community, about what can happen if this is left like untreated. And there's a history of depression that runs in my family, so I wasn't really shocked when I started like feeling some of it uh, myself when I was in college. College was a pretty stressful time. I mean, high school was a rough time, but so college was better like in many areas. But still, it was like there was a whole bunch of other things and factors going on in my life. You know, that weird transitional phase between like you know be um. Uh, like being a kid, like being an adult, and that kind of stuff. So I started seeing somebody, um, one of the campus-provided counselors during that time period, which didn't really go all that well because I have a very, very hard time opening up to people. By nature, because of my experiences my history, I have a very hard time in making deep friends. Casual friends I can make like very, very easily, but deep friends, people who I'm really close to and uh, close to, like, who I can uh, be totally honest about and trust with and feel free about opening up to uh, uh, about anything and everything, it's few and far between for me. It's, 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 very, it's very hard for me to open up. It's an area I'm still working on a, a lot these days, like even my uh, age of 42, but it's still a, 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 a constant battle. Anyway, so I had a really hard time opening up. But I was prescribed some medication. I don't remember what it was now at this point because it was during the mid-90s. I was in college from 94 and 98, and I'm sure the medications have not only changed, but also gotten a lot better since then. So there were some side effects of the medication I really didn't like all that much. Um, but by and by, it did seem to help. I think part of it may simply have been a placebo effect. Uh, just the fact that you know that you're, if you believe you're taking something that will help you, you tend to have that feeling, feeling that will help you. Uh, because the mind's a very powerful, powerful organism, like all that kind of stuff. But some of the side effects, I, the side effects I had were having problems sleeping uh that was i mean that was expected to me and uh something else i also wasn't expecting and you know this is slightly embarrassing to talk about but you know it's an honest side effect and uh, side effect and you know i did promise i'd kind of lay all the cards on the table on the table like doing this uh, uh, submission sexual performance was definitely affected by that uh, by that medication uh but that age i was still having a lot of a um not as much as when I was a teen, obviously, but I was still having a lot of, like, you know, hormones and, like, you know, um, feelings, let's uh, uh, just say. So sexual drive, sexual desire, that definitely went uh, down the tubes as an effect of that, uh, side effect of that, like, the depression medication. Good thing I wasn't seeing anybody at the time because <laughs> uh, that would have complicated things. But, uh, yeah, and just uh, eventually, after taking, like, a couple of years, I felt I'd improved enough and also I was getting tired of the side effects. I really didn't feel I needed it anymore, so I went off of it. But it's something I still struggle with every now and then. Uh, it's more common for me these days to go through mood swings than it is really like, you know, full out bouts of like really, 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 really bad depression because I've never really got even the thick of my depression. 
I never really got to the point of being suicidal or having, or having suicidal thoughts because, well, partly because I'm a coward. Um, um, I really wouldn't, you know, I may think about it during those time periods, but I never would actually act on it because I was like too scared to actually do it because it's like, I also realized even back then that this was just a passing feeling and something was messed up with me and that, you know, I, you know things really weren't as bad um, as it seemed. So I never really got quite to that point. I also never got to the point where I never wanted to get out of bed or where I didn't have energy to do anything. It was just a constant just like a feeling in the back of my head I suppose I could describe it as a constant self-esteem problems feeling down just feeling a um, energy was a little bit reduced but I still had the motivation like to get stuff done partly because I had to for- uh, uh, probably because I forced myself to, to do everything um, you know had to have done being very disparaging uh, ha- having having hard to maintain positive thoughts positive emotions Seeing other people doing happy things or happy enjoyments, couples, that kind of stuff also made things worse. So I guess I wasn't full out blown uh, maniac depressive or anything like, or anything like that. Like some people I know I've unfortunately suffered suffer from, but it was definitely there. And um, you know, like I said, the medication did help. Um, it just like you know, after a while, I combination of, of me feeling I didn't need it anymore, and also because I, and also because I was just can tire of the side effects. I've gone back on it again a couple of times since then. One time for a couple of years during the early 2000s and another time uh, during my so-called year of hell from 2007, 2008 when everything pretty much my life just really fell apart. So um, I haven't been on it since then. I haven't really talked to anybody professional since the early 2000s either because, like I said, I, uh, the even train shrink, I have a hard time reopening up to people. So, But like I said, I, I do suffer from mood swings a lot nowadays. It's still there. I'm still consciously aware, I'm still, I'm still consciously aware of the fact that I have this, this low, low morale, low mood, low self-esteem problems that I just try to work upon on a regular basis. Normally, when I get into a really bad mood swing, I usually either like, just go to bed early just because I found the good night's sleep can really help, you know, help things, help, help things to clear when we wake up, when we wake up in the morning, like things like uh, don't seem quite as bad as it is the night before. Also, just to tie this into games, since you guys like do a gaming podcast, playing a game can also like really help for me a lot. I don't have a, a lot of game time like anymore these days because of how busy I am with my life and everything else going on, but I'm either playing a, a childhood favorite, a nostalgia trip for me to help bring like good feelings and good emotions, um, or playing something like, like very like very violent, uh, like very like, you know, like run and gun, shoot, 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 that kind of stuff to kind of like, you know, purge the negative, the feelings and channel them and channel that into the aggression like the game. Uh, those things help. So those are the two things I usually do to, uh, to, to the, the two things I do to try to help like the mood swings. But anyway, uh, I am glad to see that depression has gotten a lot more accepted to, to talk about these days and acknowledge. Uh, because for a long time, nobody really wanted to like admit it or talk about it or, or, that, or that kind of stuff. But uh, we've seen far too many people, both in the famous world out there and also and also and also in our own close knit community, uh, who have been affected by this to unfortunately extreme results. And the more and the more open we were, and the more open we talk about it, and the more we support each other, and the more that we acknowledge what's going on, the fact that you know that there is help available for this, this is a condition, this is an illness, it's treatable, that kind of stuff is very important. I don't know what it is exactly about podcasters. It kind of seems like that the rate of depression may be a little bit higher for podcasters or people doing like, or or also also broadened a bit more YouTube uh, people and that kind of stuff. I, I'm not sure exactly why that is. If, like if I had to wager theory, I think it's because a lot of us who do podcasts and YouTube stuff are kind of geeks and, and we always have been. And until recently, it, there was a very uh, negative connotations and feelings associated to, associated with those. So we've always kind of had 
So we've always been a little bit more social awkward, a little bit more um, self-absorbed, retrospective about things than, than, say, a normal person. Well, normal person may be a bit uh, harsh, just like more than anybody who's not involved in the kind of stuff that we're doing on here. So I think the rate of this happening may be just a little bit higher, like I'm a higher, like I'm on a group, group because of that factor. So I think it's more important because of that, that we just come together and we acknowledge what's going on about this stuff and we talk about it and we try to support each other. So, uh, yeah, anybody who's definitely feeling any kind of these feelings, this definitely should be, should, definitely should be encouraged to talk to somebody, talk to a doctor, um, see what you have out there, uh, like out there for options. Um, but you're not alone. A lot of people who are going through this, and it's very important that anybody support one another and that you not blow off these feelings. It's also important you not blow off one signs. If you see somebody who, who really seems like they're going to go over the deep end one way or the other, it's critically important that you talk to somebody about that and, and, and raise the red flag because you may be saving lives, possibly the person themselves, possibly somebody else. You don't know. Um, there are too many horror stories out there about things that have happened for people who have lost it. So I think Sean and Jim, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are doing this, and I think it's very important that we just come together in our experiences and to talk about it, and just like you know, try to try to continue to support this and, and support this, and, and, and recognize how important mental health is, and just how many important ways that it affects our day to day lives, and and makes us better human beings. Like we dealt with it, I, I dealt with it, I think, and, it, and it's always going to be. It's, always, it's one of those things that the, the, the things like diabetes. That I think you're, um, you know, I think you're always going to have it for your, your like your entire life. But the idea is to get it to a more treatable state where you can function uh, in a regular life and not have and not have these negative feelings or emotions or thoughts holding you back from doing what you want to do as a person and just be a better human being because of it. So, anyway, I think I've rambled on enough about this. Thanks again for doing this again, guys, and I'll catch you all again later. Take care. So thank you, uh, Greg, for yeah, your thanks. contribution. He brought up a few things there. Um, I'm trying to read my notes. <laughs> yeah, that's why I type my notes because I can't uh, – I've been typing everything since probably uh, I was junior in high school because every all your homework had to be typed except for math, of course. And, of course, now that I have this – I'm trying to get over this injury, I can't write properly <laughs> because – I write left-handed and this injury is affecting the left side of my body. So my mm-hmm. writing is kind of, uh. any rate. So uh, he, he brought up several things here. Uh, first of all, one thing he did bring up is about uh, the mental health system and not to get political or anything, but um, I find the mental health system in this country totally sucks. And I think we could solve a lot of problems if we would treat every, a lot of things that uh, we treat as crimes as as uh, health-related issues, and maybe we'd see some positive improvement in this country. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, knows me. I don't think it's just this country. I think it's I, I yeah, think it's world. everywhere. It is everywhere, but I can only speak of you know what I'm what I'm familiar with. I know yeah. that my insurance sucks when it comes to mental health uh, situations. I'm going through one right now where I'm currently off my medication because of some other financial obligations. I couldn't get an appointment to get my prescription refilled and. Probably be another week before I can. <coughs> well, at least get your cold medicine refilled. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, yeah, we've, we've got a long ways to go. People know about my politics. I don't like seeing the government get involved in things because I think a lot, of, a lot of times, a lot of times the government just makes things worse. But, you know, I'm also for like maybe shifting things around a little bit and we can, as a country, we can do a heck of a lot more. But um, we could also do a lot more. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the point I'm gonna make here until later because uh, I, I want to really just address uh, Greg's uh, message here. Sure. Um, and one thing he did talk about was side effects. Yes. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Uh, side effects for medications. 
Some of them uh, will make you gain or lose weight. Uh, I think one reason, other than my love of cheeseburgers, <laughs> why I'm having a hard time losing weight is because of the medication. But then again, the medication might be making me eat more too. I mean, that's also a side effect. Uh, he brought up there are sexual side effects, and yes, mm -hmm. I have had to deal with those. And the thing with that is there's medication, you got to find the right one for you. I mean, not it, it's not a one-size-fits-all sure. thing. It's like any and, other medication, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, it's not a one-size-fits-all, and medication is just a a means to an end. It's not actually the ends. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is important to get treatment. And one thing that I heard about, like, if you uh, see all these commercials for various antidepressants, and among the list of disclaimers is, uh, if you have sudden thoughts of suicide mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, apparently these medications themselves don't plant that idea in people's minds. It's just that people who are suffering from depression, they just don't have the... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They just don't have the uh, the drive to do anything at all. But mm -hmm. the thing is, these antidepressants, yeah. suddenly they, it gives them more pep, more energy. And things that they would have done had they had the energy, they might consider doing. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, suicide might be one of them. And the thing is, antidepressants do not take the depression away. It's going to be there. It's designed to help you deal with, you know, depression. But sometimes situations can come along, and I've had this pop up too, where despite best effort, the medications just aren't working for that situation or that day. Sometimes things can get so like really, really uh, heavy on you that uh, there's it, it's, it's just not working. And those are the times that you really got to be on your guard. Um, you know, Greg was also talking about uh, suicide in his messenger, and I'm not gonna lie. Uh, oh, I have it's I do get feelings of uh, suicide feelings uh, you know i think the world would be better off without me uh, quite a bit especially over the last couple of years last couple of months for some reason and i do have one thing that i've held on to that's prevented me from doing anything i don't want to use the word stupid uh prevented me from doing anything permanent and that is i have come to the realization that depression or suicide does not relieve your pain. It doesn't get rid of the pain. It just gives it to other people around you, other people who mm. love you, people who might not seem that they like, like that they love you. But I have come to that realization. I've come to the realization that I can't do this to my kids, to my wife, to my family, you know, brother, sister, mother, father, cousins, you know, I have a lot of people out there that love me and trust me. And I, I think I'm one, th oh, one and, thing. Oh, uh, and podcast co-hosts. You know, and podcast co-hosts. Well, friends, you know. But yeah, I, 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 I couldn't do that to them. Now, I might be atypical, though. I mean, I, mean, I, I do have moments of clarity with that. I do realize what's happening. Even though I'm having the suicidal thoughts and I might be crying and breaking down and all of that, the thing is... For some reason, there's oh, I don't. Maybe it's because people that know me know me know that I'm a skeptic, and I try to like look into the rational thinking and that sort of thing. And actually, and a lot of times that helped. That hurts me making decisions because I'm questioning, questioning, questioning. But I have that little rational voice in me that prevents any of that from happening. But like I said, I might be atypical. You know, I uh, there might be people out there that just don't have that sort of a skeptical, rational voice that they can fall back on. 
But um, you know what? And I, th- I think I'm going to do this here, and I'm going to do this again later in the podcast. But I'm going to list off uh, several uh, several phone numbers here in case you are com- considering suicide. I'm going to do this again. At least and we one will more list time. them in the show notes too. We'll list them in the show notes too. And in fact, I got to get you this list here that I found. Uh, I hope it's up to date. Uh, I think it is. Uh, this is a list by the International Bipolar Foundation. This is a list of international suicide hotlines. I'll just read a, a few that I think uh, where we have people, um, where we have listeners. Um, well, Malaysia isn't in here, uh, or Indonesia isn't in here, uh, unfortunately. But uh, we have some in Australia. According to this, the the number for that is one three one. Wait, one one three one 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 four in Canada. They got two numbers. In Montreal, it's 514-723-4000. Outside Montreal, it's 1-866-277-3553. In uh, da, 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 Germany, I think we got a couple of listeners in Germany. Uh, 0800-181-0771. In Mexico, we've got 525-510-2550. I always thought that was nice that Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. basically has the same... Uh, Phone uh, type system. The country code. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Uh, Let me see. The UK, for our friends over there, uh, 0845-790-9090. And uh, finally, in the United States, we have 1-800-273-8255. That last one is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their website is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And I believe they also have a... uh, a chat line? Oh, I thought they did. I'm not seeing it here. Oh yeah, they do. They do. They also have. If you scroll down to the bottom of their webpage, it does have a chat with Lifeline, which will open up a chat window in case you don't want you know somebody to hear your voice, which is still I think a, good, a great idea. And sure. uh, one final number here. Uh, this is the United States Veterans Crisis Line. That's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, or you can text them at eight three eight two five five. I'm gonna be reading these numbers again. Uh, the full list we will have in the show notes. So uh, getting back to uh, to Greg's uh, message here, one thing he did mention that is hard to open up, uh, up, open up to people, and that's really been uh, it's been a huge thing. Uh, I do recall a story that when my my parents got divorced in I think it was '84, my dad started going to a group up in uh, Lyle, Illinois, uh, where uh, Pixel Blast Arcade is, called Help Me uh, Helpmates, and um, <laughs> The thing was, is that he was so open and honest about everything he was going through with the divorce and everything that everybody in the group thought he was gay, which, uh, that's a horrible, uh, terrible stigma. You know, I like to tell things like it is too. Um, I make no bones that my life is an open book. Um, I'm willing to talk to anybody, but, uh, to say that, to think that somebody is gay because that they're, you're doing. Or to imply that that's a, a bad or thing. Or imply that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's several different stigmas associated with that whole thing. I just, I just thought, I didn't really think much of it back then, but as I've grown older and I was going to say wiser, but as I've grown older, at any rate, uh, I've realized that, uh, that that's just a horrible thing to do. I mentioned uh, earlier uh, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, yes. Oh, they have a thing on their uh, main page called, uh, oh yeah, Cure Stigma. And um, they're trying to, uh, one of their big things is trying to relieve the stigma of of mental illness. When we say mental illness, not just depression. There's also attention deficit disorder. Sure. Autism, I believe, is a form of uh, form of mental illness. That sort of thing. I know I've mentioned this before, but I've been, been diagnosed with adult 
attention deficit disorder, major depression, and uh, dysthemia. Uh, dysthemia is a what I the way I had it explained to me is a low grade depression that's always like sitting there at the you know at the back just waiting to poke its ugly head out. And uh, so that's always a thing um, that I'm having to deal with. Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, yeah. But so they got this thing about uh, about stigma and trying to relieve stigma. And I was, as I was saying about the whole, like I said, even though my dad's thing was uh, dealing with the divorce. I mean, divorce causes depression and and feelings of you know, ill health and uh, ill mental health, that sort of thing as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's a thing there too, but. Uh, I'm start, right now, I'm suffering from one of those times where I know what I want to say. It's just having the words to try to get it out. Well, some people have a way with words. and uh, Other people not have way, I guess. Yeah. To quote Steve Martin. But there's been times when I've had, I've had issues with, uh, actually, I'm talking about words. There was a time at work where this guy at work who was sort of a supervisor was asking asked me a question and I was trying to get it out, but I have a bit of a disconnect in my brain sometimes that it comes out in the podcast where I'm like thinking something, but then I'll like have so many thoughts in my head that I start stuttering a little bit. And uh, what happens is that it, 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 it sort of like that, you know, but I was going through one of those things and this guy at work accused me of lying to him. And I'm like, I snapped. I pointed, I put my finger in his face and I said, you never f***ing accuse me of lying to you. And then he kind of let me go. The guy is still a thorn in my side at work. I still have my issues with him. And I, you know, I try to get along with him, but it just, sometimes it just doesn't work. No work and sometimes it's not worth pursuing that. I mean, you're there to work and get along, but. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, anybody who's accused of lying, you know how angering that can be. Mm-hmm. So just. That on top of all the other issues, it's just not a good combination. No, not at all. I'm, I'm not going to say anything more about this guy. I, I could easily go off on him right now, but I'm not going to do that because that'll just make me angry uh, and everything. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm, as you can tell, I'm just flying off the seat of my pants today because uh, there's... I don't know. I mean, I've been trying to think of ways of like kind of streamlining this whole thing, but uh, I kind of having a hard time with that. But yeah. And of course I'm not going to be a much help because I'm, I don't know. I'm very fortunate that I personally never had to deal with any of these issues we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, nor have, have I really been terribly close to mm-hmm. really like any kind of situation that would warrant talking about it, such as right now. People listening, yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot of Jim tonight, not much me. Well, I Just don't know. Simply because I really don't know. I I really don't know what to contribute. Well, I, I think you contributed something good right there because um, because I want to bring up the fact that because you even though you say you haven't really had to deal with it, segues into the fact that uh, at some point in your life everybody will have a bout with depression. The thing is, is that it's not always. Some people can just have depression, you know, because, oh, maybe you lost the, maybe, I'm not meaning to be flippant, just the way it came out. Maybe you have have a loved one that passed away or whatever, and then you'll sleep and slip into a bit of depression for a little bit. I mean, that happens. I mean, that's part of the human experience. But there I are people. It's, like, it's kind of like that whole sliding scale thing. I sometimes yeah. wonder if maybe everybody has some level of depression. It just depends on what end of the scale you fall. 
I I think the I think that sexuality is on a sliding scale too, but uh, that's a topic for a different podcast. But um, and you know I would love to talk about uh, depression in the homosexual community, but unfortunately I don't. My last podcast I actually was thinking about doing a, a podcast about depression, and I actually did record some interviews. And uh, one of my Facebook friends who is a homosexual did talk with me about it. Oh, thinking of which, oh, what the heck was the name? The, he gave me. Now that I think about it, he gave me the name of a of, of a mental health organization for the LGBTQ uh, community. Um, okay, well, the NAMI website does have uh, have some on that, but uh, oh god, it was something project. Um, ah, the Trevor Project. That's what it is. Ah, right. right. The Trevor Project. This is uh, for people's crisis intervention and suicide prevention for LGBTQ youth. I'm sure if you're my age or whatever and you're having problems and you call them that they would still prop, they would still talk to you. But uh, their number is 1-866-488-7386. That is uh, United States. Uh, you can text them. And uh, they do also have a uh, online uh, one-on-one chat there as well. And, of course, the interesting thing is uh, – my entire ever since I moved out of my parents' house when I was 23 years old, I've lived in very very gay-friendly areas like Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Rainbow flags all over the place there, although they're kind of subtle about it. My neighborhood in Chicago is very uh, gay-friendly, and mm-hmm. the thing is, I've encountered a lot of gay folks. I've I've made some gay friends over the years, but I never really got a feel for. Depression. In fact, one thing that really shocked me was uh, one of my most recent gay friends actually told me there's a lot of racism in the homosexual community. I was shocked to hear that. It's like, don't you understand what they were going through too? Just like what Mm -hmm. you were going through, you know? Again, Uh, there's another persecution. There's another another issue. I can't understand. I can't understand uh, depression. You know, in uh, in minority communities. Yeah. Um, I, I can't understand what they're going to through. Everybody's got their different things. Yeah. Um, I think, I we think can all, most uh, of the people that I know who are gay are lucky enough that their loved ones, like when they came out of the closet, they're like, okay, so you're gay. Pass the potatoes, please. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, and what, and I have to, I, I'm sorry to go off on this tangent a little bit, but there is a restaurant in my neighborhood called hamburger Mary's so-called mm-hmm. because they specialize in hamburgers. Oh, really? And it is uh, yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. And it is basically like you go there, it's all about the cross dressers. It really is. Really? And uh, yeah, they, they have a drag show at night. Uh, they have, uh, and the thing about this, the reason I'm mentioning this is because there are different Hamburger Mary's locations throughout the country. There are like four what? or five of them, I think. Oh, interesting. And um, they're, they're all franchised. Like the person who owns the one in Chicago is not in charge of any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. He just franchises them out. In fact, I think the original Hamburger Mary's was actually in Los Angeles, but it's not there anymore. But Undercover Boss did a story on Hamburger Mary's once where they were talking to employees of various non-Chicago Hamburger Mary's. And something they were talking about was how the reason that they worked at Hamburger Mary's was they all had pretty much the same story. They lived in Kansas. They lived in Oklahoma or something where, where when they came out, their families completely shunned them. And when they found hamburger Mary's, that was, they're like, you know what? This is where I, this people are welcoming me here. I feel comfortable. And I got a feeling that it's really places like that, that are gay friendly. It's, I don't know what I'm, where I'm trying to go here, but 
that was just kind of an example of like one thing that could spark off some real depression, like getting shunned by people who are supposed to love you. Mm -hmm. I think one takeaway with this is uh, you have to be true to yourself uh, because if you're not true to yourself, then what will happen is that will just put, you know, extra expectations or whatever on you. And the reason I bring that up and how I'm tying into that is, uh, and the the, the Trevor Project website actually uh, brought this up, is uh, there's a lot of things out there that's like gay conversion therapy. And that's that's a whole nother ball of wax too. But I've heard of people that have gone through gay conversion therapy and they feel a lot worse going through it than before they were going through it. And uh, you really got to be, you got to be who you are. You can't be forced or actually be allowed to be forced into somebody else's, you know, little form of, uh, of expectations. There are expectations for you. I read somewhere, and I was looking for the quote. One thing I want to do is I want to put a link to this in the show notes, but uh, a book that's helped me, it's kind of an easy read. It's called Understanding and Overcoming Depression, A Common Sense Approach. It's by a guy named Tony Bates. Let's see, he's the senior clinical psychologist at St. James Hospital in Dublin, Ireland. And um, this book has really, really helped me a lot. And I thought I read this in there, but I can't seem to find the quote. You know, I've I'm, I might as well have just not highlighted highlighted anything in the book. There's so much highlighted in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's like, you know, when you're depressed or whatever, you feel selfish. You feel like, you know, it's it's about me. And you start getting even more depressed that you're being selfish about it. Yeah, but he's like, you know what? It's okay to feel selfish if you're, if you're being mm-hmm. depressed. It's a part of being yourself. At that point, you need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on you. You need to be you. Okay, his name's Tony Bates. What's the book again? It's called Understanding and Overcoming Depression, A Common Sense Approach. Now, we don't have a, a Amazon affiliate. This would be a great thing to do an affiliate on, but you know what? I don't I don't care if we get money for it or not. It's it's a great right. book. It's, yeah, I it's couldn't find it on Amazon, but I found really? it on barnesandnoble.com. Oh, maybe. And you know what? I did buy it at Barnes & Noble, so I wonder if maybe it was a self-published thing there. If there are other Tony Bates titles on uh, Amazon, but... The Crossing Press. I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it's like, be true to yourself. Don't be afraid to be selfish. Don't be afraid oh. to... Okay, go, here it is. Oh, okay. Don't be afraid to like, you know, go into the whole woe is me phase, but you know, but I mean, cause I mean, that's, that's you. It's, it's time for you. It's time for you to take care of yourself and, you know, don't be ashamed of that. Um, it's something I've had to learn. People around me haven't necessarily learned that. I've had people say, oh, you're just thinking about yourself and you're selfish and you'll stop doing that. Oh, that was something else I wanted to get a list of things not to say to a depressed person. Yep. And you know what? I am really prepared for this episode tonight. It's just that every, I, I'm thinking of more. Well, that's something else I kind of wanted to address, too, because I, I heard a couple of people, um, like when uh, Anthony Bourdain killed himself recently, people, there were a couple of people I saw commenting about how selfish that was. Well, oh, f- you. I, I, I just don't know what to say. I'm, if someone's mental illness is causing that person to go that far, there's no selfishness involved. It's, it's kind of like how you mentioned before, how maybe these people are thinking the world would be better off without them. If your first reaction to someone committing suicide is how selfish of that person, I don't want to know you. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds kind of, I don't knee jerk judgmental, but I, I really don't care. I, I really don't care. 
And I really hope to God that you never encounter somebody with some kind of mental illness that they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure how to follow up with that, but neither uh, am I. I, I, I do want to say, I told you, though, I don't. I mean, I feel very strongly about mental health and everything, but I, I'm going to be the first to admit I really don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I struggle with it, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, you know, I embrace that. But um, I just want to say real quick. Um, I think we're going we're going on tangents here, which is okay given the topic. But uh, thanks, uh, thank you, Greg, f- yes. for your um, your message. Yeah, I guess it is a message. It's a, it's a message. Your, uh, one other thing I, I, that's kind of going on what I was saying before. One of the things that Greg said was that he was never suicidal. He never really took suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. seriously, seriously because he was too much of a coward to commit suicide. But I've seen it explained by a lot of people that well, if you're not committing suicide. That's showing how brave you are, that you're facing your troubles. You're ready to stand up to stand up to things that are getting in your way. You're I, not one thing is, you know, is cowardly. I, I would disagree with the, the term coward. And as I was thinking maybe easy way out, but thinking about it just now, I think the way to frame it is not committing suicide is the strong way out. Yes. Not doing it indicates strength and it's easy for me to say, you know, build upon that strength. But, you know, the thing the thing with being in this kind of a situation is you really got to always be on your toes. And there's a lot of poo-pooing about the thing about triggers, you know, in this day and age. And, oh, you're a fragile snowflake, oh, whatever. You know, you know people, especially on a certain side of the political aisle, using that as their way to uh, demean people. But, you know, triggers are real. People know that I took a, like a month-long vacation from Facebook this uh, this year, and the reason why is because I have so many had so many Facebook friends, people that I know in real life that I went to school with and whatever, and they were posting their pictures of their vacations that they're taking, like you know, in our national parks, overseas, you know, whatever. And I'm sitting here thinking, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to afford that, you know. I love going to the national parks. My dad, you know, brought me up, you know, I'm a libertarian. You know, I, I like something that the government does. Nah, heretic. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I absolutely love the, the, the national parks. I think it's one of the few things that the government does mostly right. And, um, I'm looking at these pictures, you know, and I'm looking, thinking about back about missed opportunities and thinking about my financial situation or whatever. And I'm like, the first thing that hits me is, I, I'll never be able to get to go there again. I'll, I'll never be able to afford it. I was really falling into a sad, real deep state of depression, seeing all of these pictures. And I'm like, I, I, I had to cut it off. I, I just could not deal with it. I mean, it's at the end of summer, it's been almost like that, but not as bad. But I had to deal with that trigger. It was a real trigger for me. You know, because I love going to those places. I mean, here in Illinois, what do you got? I mean, within a few miles, of within within an hour, two hours of Chicago, you got what? The Indiana Dunes and Starved Rock. That's about it. And both places are overcrowded with people. And it's like, and I've been to both a bazillion times. It's like, you know, I, you know I, I'd like to think I got a bit of a wanderlust. I just don't like staying in one place. I'd love to travel the rest of my life. But I'm like, you know. No, no, what's that? And before people keep going off, and I'm, and tonight I'm mentioning a lot about my financial issues and that, uh, one thing I did post on Facebook the other day is when sometimes when somebody is talking, somebody who's depressed is talking, they don't necessarily want a solution. They don't necessarily want your money. 
sometimes all they want is just somebody to listen, just to hear what they're saying and to, you know, just kind of sympathize. And that goes with a lot of things too, not just. Indeed. In fact, that's, I'm thinking about this because I'm now officially married 19 years, one day. Yay. Oh, by the way, congratulations. Well, Um, thank thank you for that. Congratulations. And uh, my, my wife and I got married Catholic, and Catholics, and I think Jews now, are, are required to go through pre-Cana, which is basically a program you go to where you sit and you talk about issues that you're going to have to deal with when you're married. And one of the things they told you is that if your partner is coming up to you and, uh-huh. and talking and talking and talking, sometimes that's all they want. They just yeah. want to talk. They don't want you to come up with a solution. In fact, my wife calls me on that all the time. Yeah, well, that's the whole... You know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing, and men are seen. No, my I, wife is from Neptune. Oh. <laughs> Literally, she's uh, from Neptune, New Jersey. Oh, that, yeah, true. Uh, guys are from Uranus. Uh, but that's, I think that's kind of the way that the men men are wired, you know, genetically. But it's like, you know, but no, but no I mean, that, that is true. I mean, sometimes we just, we just want somebody to just to listen or maybe, you know, to, to hold us or just to say things will be okay you know, or whatever. We, more than anything else, more than a bite to eat, more than a check for multiple millions of dollars, the thing most depressed people want, and I know this for myself, is we just want somebody, you know, to be there for us, uh, just to listen, you know. And it's sad that we live in a society where people think that they have to go to go to a counselor. Well, maybe it's not so sad, but uh, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, counseling and counselors are are, are a good thing. And oh, by the way, um, speaking of counseling, just a quick sidetrack, National Alliance on Mental Illness, uh, go to their website and find your local chapter. If you don't have a county one, maybe like next county over or whatever in your state. A lot of the chapters do have like encounter groups or whatever at a local hospital uh, where you can uh, you, you talk uh, with people free of charge, you know, in a group setting. Um, so, you know, definitely avail yourself of all of their stuff. They got, they, that's a great resource, that page, because they also have a, like a dictionary of, uh, of different medications and their side mm-hmm. effects and, and all that stuff. It's, it's re- a really in-depth site. So yeah, sometimes I mean, it's not sad that, I, I guess it's not sad that we, we have counselors, but I, I think sometimes though you need, do need somebody anonymous to talk to because sometimes they're just things that are, you know, I don't know, embarrassing or whatever that you need to get off your chest to talk to somebody, you know, non-judgmental thing. And no offense, but sometimes your best friend might not be the right person to talk to. No offense to best friends all over. I mean, best friends are are the greatest thing to have, but sometimes you need a little bit more than just of course. a best friend. Maybe not a little bit more, a little bit different than a best friend. Let's put it that way. I think that's... That, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like I said, avail yourself of the resources at NAMI, but... Uh, yeah, and I'm proud to say, by the way, that the company that I work for is a big supporter of NAMI. They're a great organization. I've not actually availed myself of many of their uh, live, live, but uh, their uh, stuff, you know, at the local hospital here in Morris. Yeah. But uh, I have availed myself of a lot of their uh, resources online, and I just find, I just, their website is just kind of like my go-to source for anything uh, depression-related. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, um, I did... Just actually messaged you a little bit ago, Sean, a, a thing from psychcentral.com. Uh, this is actually probably my second site that I go to. And I, I get their uh, their newsletter in my email. It was a list of like 100 things not to say to people. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I added that to the list of things to put in the show notes. So, so yeah, thank so you for saying that. Put that in the show notes. Yep. But I'm seeing here, um, it's repeated a few different places. Uh, this is from like 2012, 10 things not to say to people. And uh, I'd like to just go over these real quick. Um, you know what? Why don't we do this? Uh, before we do yeah. this, why don't we, uh, we also got another contribution to the show tonight. Yeah. So uh, why don't we hear what uh, Zerb from Zerbinator oh, Land yeah, Productions Zerb. and Zerb and Ferg, uh, Ferg of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast have to say. Uh, Ferg's actually been uh, open uh, about his struggles with depression. In fact, he did an episode uh, on that based on uh, stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. And um, you know what? That actually feels good that we've had that <laughs> influence, you know? It does feel good that you know you've made that kind of a influence. Yeah. But uh, so let's hear what they have to say. Okay. Damn it! I just want to be alone. I don't want to be bothered. Hello. What are you doing? Oh, hey, Ferg! I'm glad you came over. <laughs> what the hell was that? I'm just upset, man. I don't know why. Why are you just upset? Ah, uh, just rough day. Yeah, just a rough day. Everything is setting me off. Like what? Tell me about it. Well, this morning I got up and I went and to put my slippers on. Yeah, and I stubbed my toe on the cat. All right. Well, that's not a big deal. That is a big deal. <laughs> Look at my toe is all bruised <laughs> from the cat. Jerry's. Is fat. this a concrete cat? <laughs> no, it's Jerry. <laughs> Say hi to Jerry. Hi, Jerry. And then I went to go get dressed, and I'm out of underwear. I forgot to wash them. All right. Well, just, uh, you can go commando for one day. It's not going to hurt anything. <sighs> well, then I went to go commando, <laughs> and I have no genitals. <laughs> Where's this going, Kevin? <laughs> I'm finished. My point being <laughs> is that we are doing a segment, of course, for for the Suicide Prevention Month for Pi Factory, Factory Podcast. Podcast. Yep. Which we are both fans of. I enjoy it highly. That's right. Because because of you. Me too, yeah. I go cross-eyed when the video game conversations start up. <laughs> but I do love the antics, the comedy, and the spoken words between Sean and Jim. It's yes. awesome. And one of the things that I personally do is I throw fits about things that just are stupid. And that's the way that I personally get depressed. Now, Suicide Prevention Month is is a month to help people. Uh, even though you should do it all year round, I don't know why they get one month. But then again, everybody does. Nowadays, right. <laughs> you get one month. One month to fix your problems or salute somebody important. And then when that month is over, we go shopping for presents for others. Well, it's it's better than no month at all, I think. At least people are talking about it for a little bit. 30 days of not, out of the year. All. So, well, let's first, let's talk about depression, because depression, of course, leads to suicide right. if it gets too thick. You don't just all of a sudden wake up one day and go, you know what? It's been a great ride. I feel great, but I think I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't do that. You get depressed, you build up on depression, and it can lead to something terrible. So you and I are going to discuss depression and, and ways to cure it yourself or with the help of others. And I figured, uh, what better way to start off than just act like an idiot just a few minutes ago <laughs> and show you what I go through almost on a daily basis. Yeah. First, first thing I do when I roll out of bed, I roll out of bed and the first thing I do is pessimistically go through the list of things that I should have improved by my, by my uh, soul at this age. 
you know, some things are just too stupid or I've done things the wrong way and it's never going to get any better. And, t- and that's called stinking thinking, Ferg. Yes, I've heard that term. <laughs> and I'm a champion of the stinking thinking first thing in the morning. And then finally, when I finally do come to my senses, which takes about uh, five minutes, I realize, well, that's all stupid thoughts. Let's get on with the day. Let's get up and go do something. You're a creative human being. Do something creative. Go out there and, you know, have some coffee, wake up with a video game, then write a song, come up with an idea for a podcast, or record a show on something, or record a music thing, or work on an album idea, or something, to drown out all the stupid things that can eat you up. Yeah. And I practice this every single day. And one thing I need to learn how to practice harder is not get so depressed in the morning. How about you? Well, uh, let me ask you, do you... Does the depression sometimes lead you to not want to do that stuff? I mean, does it, is it hard oh, yeah. sometimes to do that? Yeah, there's days where I'll get up and, uh, and I got that mood going. So what do I do? I get up and then I go online and look at things I shouldn't. Uh, yeah, for hours and hours. And for hours and hours. And then all of a sudden I end up back. Well, not in hours. It takes me five seconds nowadays. Just. All right. And then I go back to bed. And the day screwed. I, I nap most of the day until my wife comes home, and then she's like, what'd you do today? And I go, shut up. <laughs> shut up and make me some turkey pot pie. Uh, okay. What did you do today? Oh, not much. Yeah, I get that a lot, too. I yeah. mean, on my the days I work, it's not, I don't feel as bad, but it's on my days off where if I, you know, I end up on the internet for hours a lot of times, and I, I feel bad You'd about it. You just waste the day away. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to break out of that cycle sometimes. It is. I mean, I'll be either online or I'm mapping a game for Far Cry. Right now it's Far Cry 4. I'm going nuts. And I'll look at the clock and I'll go, I'm going to stop at 11. Yeah. And then, you know, some days I get up at 930 because I'm up till 2 a.m. Yeah, after yeah. driving. So, I, I, you know, I'll stop at 11 and then start my day. Well, it's going on 4 o'clock. Right. <laughs> in the afternoon. And Shelly will be home in an hour. And I'm like, God, I didn't do anything yet. Yeah. I'm a piece of crap. And then I end up... Now, these things can be prevented if if I really do I set alarm on my phone or something, yes. and that wakes me up out of it. Yeah. So my therapist is big on setting alarms. Really? Which I have not done. <laughs> I got to do it. I don't know why I can't do it. See, I think the problem is that I try to stay away from the phone because the phone is all, <laughs> is kind of the another addiction. It, it's, it's sort. It's not the root of my problems, but it definitely contributes to the problem. So I try to yeah. stay away from it. Yeah, I got to set alarms, especially on my days off, because I love doing the podcast, but sometimes it's just like, I don't, I just can't get into it for some, whatever reason. Or when you do get into it, do you beat yourself up because, God, I sound stupid. Yes. Almost every time. (laughs) Stupid. Effing idiot. You know, and call yourself names and stuff, and then you have to edit all that out, hope one doesn't make it in there. Yeah. If uh, people don't know, we are, um, we host a podcast called uh, Please Stand By. And Kevin mm-hmm. has talked uh, a lot about having MS, and I was just wondering if that contributes at all to your depression. Not at all, because I lied about all that. <laughs> Come on. Never had it. <laughs> Do you know what sympathy I get from? Free parking, too, which is great. No, uh, yeah, it does. It, it, it is a big contributor. The biggest problem with that is I'll get depressed when the mood doesn't match the feeling. I could be extremely down and feel happy, and that's painful. Vice versa, I could be extremely happy and all of a sudden be depressed and know that it's just a, a, a brick that has been placed on top of my head that I just can't shake off. Yeah. And I can't define it better than that. It's just disgusting. It, it's something that 
can be controlled, and I'd like to get into that in a minute, but I want to ask you, what is your main factor for your depression? What kicks you the most? Because I've heard that episode, if I may. And do you know what episode it is where you spoke about your depression, almost like you had a coming out of... It was uh, it was a New Year's Eve episode or something. I can't remember how long ago it was, but yeah, I just that was when I first started going to therapy, maybe like two years ago. Two years ago? I think so. It was two years ago, New Year's, because I remember listening to that and thought... First, I thought, wow, I didn't know. And then the more I listened, I was like, damn, that's the same as me. Yeah. And uh, and it helped. It really helped to hear it. That was, like, um, that was the amazing thing that a lot of people said that I didn't. I was not expecting that at all. That people. What do you think? Cause, I mean, mine is, is MS-induced also. I'm 20 lesions on the brain. You're going to have some hiccups down the roads. but And the trails are kind of burnt out from, from one ear to the other. Yeah. But... Uh, I I was thinking, what causes depression nowadays in so many people compared to 1895? I mean, what's the difference between now and then? Did we not know about it? And all of the human race has always had a problem with this? I think or- it's just there's a, there was a stigma attached to it up until recently. And I think that combine, combined with the rise of social media, that everybody else is doing well, and except for you, that you, and you see it every day. So I don't know if that contributes to it or not. I know I definitely felt like that when I first started going on there. Do you think that the America itself is, is, is the, I know that other people get depressed in other countries, but also I know that other countries, people are so happy, but at the same time, they seem to bomb each other a lot. So I can't (laughs) really do that. I don't know. Um, Mike, I'm going towards my, I'm starting to shine light on things like, um, uh, processed foods. Yeah. Uh, so how you eat, um, sleep, sleep, the crap you see on television. Yeah. Um, the news medias, the movies with, uh, gregarious, gregarious, what's the word? Uh, constant shooting and, and killing. Oh, um, yeah, uh, uh, I guess I don't know. Overabundance of, of, of media, drama, media, violence and all of that. It's just the way things are nowadays that can lead to depression too. It can depress the entire planet. Yeah. Um, look at our president. <laughs> um, depressing to yeah. think that that's the best us humans could do to lead this portion of the planet is disgusting <laughs> and it makes you depressed. Yeah. So what is the main kicker for you? For me, it's the mornings when I first wake up self-hatred. What what is yours? <laughs> um, I don't think I have it as bad as a lot of people do, because I can get up and I can function through the day. I mean, I, I sometimes I'm not present, I guess, but I'm functioning. Understand? Does that make sense? Yep, you're putting on a show so that everybody realizes. Yeah, basically, but I don't know okay. what what the trigger is really. I mean, I don't know if I knew. I don't know if Pure I'd evil. be able to help myself more or or not. You know, it's it's a hard question to answer know. for me. Well, I've I've come up with ways of killing it off. Yeah. And then number one is being creative. And if I've spoken to one person, uh, there's a guy I know who has no creative ability whatsoever. And I know this because I've asked him. I was like, so what? tell me a little bit about yourself. And, and he's a good friend. And after knowing him for a while, I know what his creative ability is. He, he has a great sense of humor, and he has a way of making people smile when they don't feel good. Right. But you ask him, and he says nothing. Now, if this man suffers any type of depression, I don't see it. And, mm. I, and I think that the trick with him to keep away from it is just being happy and realizing 
you know, all I need to do is just be me. I do, I'm going to do me. <laughs> and he does it very well. Yeah. But, but I can't do that. So I do things to keep me from being depressed, like listening to music. Yes. It helps a ton. Mm-hmm. Music always helps. Just putting on something, whether it's something nostalgic, like an old Stevie Wonder song or an old Ray Charles song, or doing something to thump it out, like uh, Devin Townsend's, you know, monster music or... Um, you know, even a crappy Metallica album, just knowing <laughs> that I can play better than that, that that'll that'll boost me up and be like, yeah, yeah, okay. There's you know, some people have it worse than me. Sorry, Metallica. Other things like uh, you know, sitting down and watching a movie sometimes will help. Yeah, getting my mind off of things. Sometimes um, it makes me I, feel worse that I'm wasting time sitting and watching well, TV. It, I can't sit and watch a whole movie by myself. With Shelley, I can. Yes. By, by myself, I've always had a 10 to 20 minute, you know, attention span for that because I'm like, I want to go play a game <laughs> or I want to go, you know, outside and, you know, paddle, go kayaking on the right. lake or something. It's just always a matter of, of deterring the emotion or, or deterring the current situation by uh, distracting it. Yeah. And attacking it from a different angle. And trying to soften any blow that you're in at the moment. Yeah. And music for me is, it's, I think music is the big one for me. Because a lot of times I'll listen to, I love listening to podcasts. I love doing mm-hmm. podcasts. And I'll listen to podcasts all night long. Sometimes it just, it wears me down. So I'll have to switch over to music. And it always, never fails to pick me up. You know, no matter, a lot of, a lot of times it has to be music I know the words to that I can sing along. Because I love to sing. Even though my something's happened to my voice over the past seven years, I'm not sure what it is. But um, age is that all it is? <laughs> it You're almost fifty. Too so am I. <laughs> not me though. I can sing some high notes. You yeah, want to hear one? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do. It. Yeah, but that that never fails to lift me out of it. When we first got together, you you were telling me about uh, Christmas music that you like to listen to Christmas music during the year. And Christmas that, music that kind of helps, helps a take lot. You out of it too. Yeah, Christmas music or um, Halloween records. Mm-hmm. And it, I have them all on MP3 now, so I'll go for a walk with a Halloween record. Boris Karloff's uh, "The Tales from the Frightened" helps out a lot. Now, is that Just, do you think that's a childhood thing that you feel safe? Yeah, exactly. You you yeah. re reincarnate some kind of um, childhood uh, emotion. Yeah. I'll, if I do decide to take a nap. Uh, especially during the day, I'll put on a speaker, a good sounding speaker, uh, and uh, and I'll put on a sound of uh, crickets and rain or something like that. Oh, and, yeah. And what I do, though, to comfort myself is imagine it being my bedroom window when I was a kid. And I'll actually place the speaker in where it would be next to that, you know, next to the bed. I have a Bluetooth speaker about yay big, but it sounds wonderful. And I'll put it where it should be. And I can actually picture myself laying back on Jefferson Street in Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. And I'll pretend, you know, oh, tomorrow's Halloween. I'm going to go trick-or-treating as the Hulk. <laughs> and uh, now I'm just going to go to sleep. And, you know, sometimes I'll suck my thumb and shove the other one up my ass. <laughs> and it just puts me in a state of comfort and yeah. zen. Now, there's times where, have you ever felt an emotion so strong that it's almost painful because you know it's not real? <laughs> What do you mean? In other words, you reach that that moment of uh, uh, closeness to that nostalgic feeling, 
and it just it is so real and you're just like oh god yeah. it almost hurts okay yeah i get what you mean now yeah yeah that happens because uh, sometimes. in contrast you get that snap back that brings you back to this reality and you're like oh you know what right it is for me it smells most of all like there's uh, i don't know what it was but my um the librarian at my elementary school had this perfume and every once in a while somebody in in the world now will have it on and it just takes me right back there and Isn't that it, weird? And it hurts sometimes coming back from there, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, Christmas albums, if I'm listening to the music, I can smell the light yes. from the string of lights. I can smell that plastic mm-hmm. slash glass burning smell, but it's not really burning, but, you know, the warm smell that it had. Yeah. With the hint of really bad tree spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and weird. And that takes it out of the depression. What's that? And that takes me out of the depression. Okay, yeah. 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 But sometimes it kind of drags you back in because <laughs> that's not it's what your happen. life is like anymore. But well, if you didn't have depression, you wouldn't understand what uh, happiness was. I mean, you'd need the down with the ups and the good with the bads. You need all that. It's just a manner of um, not taking it to an extreme where the bad just strings you down, 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 down. Well, down. I mean, there's not always a choice in the matter, unfortunately. But there always is a choice. It's just a matter of choosing it. And trying to find a way to make things better. And especially if you have, if you're at a rock bottom area, ask for help. Do not be afraid okay. to ask for help. Yeah, that's because true. Because you're not the only one. You're, you're amongst, you always are amongst friends or family that can help you in any situation. And even if not, someone will listen to you if yeah. you just go and talk to them. Whether it be church, whether it be even a library. Yeah. Most of, most of the smart people that you want to talk to are at the library because <laughs> they can read. And, or you could even go to a 7-Eleven and talk to, uh, you know, Harry Krishna down there and say, hey, <laughs> I need some help. They can help. <laughs> okay. Sure, they'll give you some voodoo juice, but take it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Some I'm, people. Go ahead. No, you were going to say again, some people... I was just going to say that it's, you know, you're you're worth it. Everybody's worth, everybody's everybody's worth it. Everybody's worth it. And if you are in a place where you're thinking about taking your own life, then I'd please just talk to somebody, anybody, and try to get some help for yourself. Because it's it's not, it's, what do they say? It's a um, permanent uh, solution to temporary problems. Yes. Yeah. Very, very, very true. Even if you can't find somebody to talk to, and you're listening to me and Ferg right now, talk to me and Ferg. Yeah. I have a hotline, 571-408-ZRB-9372. Call it up and say, look, I need someone to talk to. Kevin, me, I'll get Kevin loves to talk. I'm a gregarious MFer. Yes, you are. I love to talk, and believe me, I've been there. Um, I've had a drug problem. I've cured it. I smoked cigarettes forever and cured it. I've been a uh, uh, pariah, pervert, and uh, pappy, so give me a conversation. I can talk to you. I probably have been through it. Um, I can help, definitely. And Ferg's the same way. He'll get back in touch with you in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as gregarious as Kevin, but maybe we can help each other. Yes, definitely. If yeah. you do need help, I just go, Ferg, I'm, I can't handle this one, which is impossible because I can handle anything. <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Except for myself. Yeah, that's true. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so you think we recorded enough for those guys? I think God, so, yeah. I, is that a good ending? <laughs> I think so. I think it's good. 
Hey, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, yeah. And thanks for uh, uh, Zerb for offering your uh, you know, Land Productions. That's that's really fine. awesome. Line open for people that might want to call to talk. That's uh, really awesome. And it was interesting to uh, get the uh, perspective of somebody who's also got a uh, a physical uh, situation going on that's compounding the depression. Again, that's something I really can't relate to, I guess. But I can relate to the depression. Maybe not the reasons for it, but I can relate to the depression. And uh, yeah, they had a they had a great time recording that. But uh, yeah, seriously, like that's kind of what we were talking about in the previous episode when we said we kind of wanted to try our best to do something lighthearted. And yeah. these guys, by we the way, it. if you liked what you heard from Kevin and Ferg, if you don't already, then I implore you subscribe to their podcast. No exaggeration. There have been multiple times I listen to them at work. I mentioned before, I'm a web developer, so I have three monitors on my desk. Mm-hmm. And if I make the mistake of listening to them at work, I have to stop what I'm doing and clean up my monitors from <laughs> a spit take. Seriously, these, these just just listen listen to Please Stand By. Oh God! We're gonna, yes. we're gonna link that Listen in to the that. show notes for yes, sure. Yes, uh, they've they, you know what they, they've they've all been good to us. Um, they have. Greg been. has. Uh, Kevin has. Uh, Bob Ferg, Robert Ferguson. Bob Ferg sounds like it should be a used car dealer. Bob Ferg Ford. I can see that. Rock by your baby. Hi, I'm Bob Ferg. You're singing Ford dealer. <laughs> yeah, Ferg. When you retire from bake from. Uh, What's the profession? Bakery dumb, I guess. Bakeriness. Uh, when you're tired of being a baker, be a singing Ford dealer. Yes, people in the Chicago area will get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Harry Schmerler. You're singing Ford dealer. Man, I miss him. <laughs> I loved the uh, the computer graphics on those commercials back in the day, <laughs> like a teletype back- machine. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's right. We can say back in the day again. Yeah, we can actually. Thank you, Ferg. Yes, uh, but I, I do feel a little bit of pride uh, knowing that I coined a uh, phrase that has become an international <laughs> sensation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And hey, going back to uh, Kevin and Ferg, uh, what, what they submitted here, what they sent to us, they were talking about things they do to kind of combat when they get depressed. And I know I'm stealing your thunder here, but I know that something you recently said always makes you happy is something we spent about 10 to 15 minutes talking about the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you said something like, I'm never depressed when I'm on a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then here's the thing. Depression is a liar and depression is a bastard. It'll tell you, it tells you. Shit. It'll say like, one of the things I've been struggling, I've really always struggled with is just not feeling like going out on my bicycle and just like feeling like, yeah, I mean, why? I mean, just, you know, I've ridden those roads before. I've seen them and whatever. And you eventually find yourself making excuses excuses to not go out. And one thing I've had a problem with is beating myself up for not going out on my bicycle as much as I I really would like to do it. Uh, I need to stop doing it. But, um, but the thing is, is that once I'm out there after a few miles, it's like I, I'm getting the rush and I'm like, getting the fresh air, the sunshine, whatever. And, you know, and I'm having, I, my problems go away. I mean, when you're out there on your, on, on, this is my experience when I'm out there on my bicycle and I'm like riding down, uh, I don't know, what is it? Kinsman road and up that 12% grade hill that's there. Um, which I got to get my breathing checked out, but that's a different issue. But 
And you know what? In fact, I'm going to just tell the story. I think I've told it before, but there was one time I was riding my bicycle and I just got up that hill. That is a terrible hill. This last time I tried doing it, I got two thirds, maybe three quarters of the way up. And I'm just like, I couldn't do this. And Illinois, in this area I live in, does have some really nasty hills, even though it is Illinois' second flattest state in the country. But this one time I rode up it and, ugh, having the hardest time in the freaking world. And just not too far past the top of the hill, there's a stop sign. And so I stopped there, and I had some Gatorade and whatever snack I was having. And I hopped back on my bicycle. And there are a couple of more hills, but they're more like valleys, so you could coast down and be halfway, two-thirds of the way up, you know, the other side sure. before you had to put any effort in. And then I got to another stop sign, just another, I don't know, two miles from the previous stop sign. And I stopped, and this is like in the middle of nowhere. Cornfields everywhere. The nearest house is a mile, maybe mile and a half away. And I was really feeling good. It was one of the few times in my life that I was really feeling happy, you know? And I just, at the top of my lungs, I just yelled, I can f***ing do anything, you know? Um, I would yell it now, but uh, I don't want want my (laughs) microphone to go into the red zone. And it's after, it's about 9.30, which means I have kids sleeping. So I don't (laughs) don't want to. Kids sleeping, have to go to school the next day. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, but seriously, I mean, I'll grant that I have been chasing that particular dragon ever since, but uh, I still have moments like that. I felt a sense of accomplishment this this last weekend when I finally got that trip into Norway under my belt. I, I had a, had a great time this coming weekend. I've got the tour of scenic Ogle County in Oregon, Illinois. Um, looking forward to that. Um, going to try to do 64 miles. Um, the great thing about riding a bicycle is versus a stationary bike, as I've said this before, once you're several miles out, you can't just get off the bike and turn the TV on. you got to ride the couple miles back home. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, which also, if you have explosive diarrhea, is a bit of a problem, which actually happened to me once. But uh, this, oh, is, this is not our diarrhea podcast. That will be at a different time. But seriously, uh, yeah, I mean, depression tells me, you know, don't do it. I mean, it, it saps my energy. It saps my my will. Um it's so easy to fall into that trap, you know? And I don't, who wrote, I want to get into this. These are 10 things not to tell somebody who's depressed. And I cannot find an author on this. Okay, this is from 2012, Thrive Global. And this is definitely something that was posted somewhere else because I've seen this exact list elsewhere with the exact responses. So here's 10 things not to say. One, remain positive. Uh, It says, I think, duh, I know, but how? To me, my reality is that the world has already caved in. What is irrational to you makes utmost sense to me. I'm so angry, upset, sad, lonely, devastated, hopeless, and despair. Why can't you understand me? I feel, recoil further into my shell to avoid future contact and meaningless advice because you never told me how to remain positive. Two, don't think like that. I think, why not? What's wrong with thinking like I do? It's an honest opinion. Ooh, and you know what? I never thought about that, actually. Uh... That, I mean, yeah, depression is a liar, but you're being honest with yourself at that particular moment. You're being, I mean, it might not be the the, the truth, but you're being honest about it in sort of a way. But anyway, it's an honest opinion. I really think this. It's negative, all right. Oh, what I just said. But it's what I think, so what's wrong? So how should I think instead? Like you, but I don't agree with you. And then I then I become you if I think like you. I feel I did something wrong for thinking a certain way, and you reprimanded me for thinking so. Thus, I withdraw and berate myself for thinking the way I do and spiral further down into into depression due to self-criticism. Three, 
pull yourself together, snap out of it, and stuff like that. I think, how? Snap out of what? I don't want to be like this either. You think it's fun? I feel completely useless and hopeless that I'm incapable of holding myself together and getting better. Depression snowballs with this sense of incompetence. Four, why do you need to be depressed? I think, um, I don't know. I wish I knew. Doctor said it's because of some imbalance in serotonin in me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel accused of committing a heinous crime to be depressed. Confused because I don't know how, or excuse me, I don't know what happened to make me depressed and how it all happened. Lost since I don't know how to get out of depression. Feel inferior and worse about myself, so I hide from you as well because I don't want to feel inadequate. Oh, this one really irritates me. Look at how lucky you are already. Be thankful. I think I am thankful for what I have. But what does that have to do with depression? Doctors and every website I've read say depression is an illness and has biological factors. Depression needs to be treated as any other sickness. You're lucky too. Be thankful. Stop having a freaking cold and sneezing germs into the air I breathe. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. I feel misunderstood as a spoiled, ungrateful little girl when I'm not. Frustrated for being misunderstood. Cry, wail, sad. Retreat into my hiding place. Again. Six. Go do something and you will feel better. I think, go do what? I can't be bothered. I'm tired. I'm not interested. I have no energy. I just want to sleep. Doing something won't make me feel better. Leave me alone. This is what I was saying just a moment ago about, you know, about not feeling like getting on my bicycle. I feel tired and lethargic and no energy to think about what to do. Harassed because you keep telling me to do something. And this is the uh, author saying this, just the initials NB, uh, so... I still don't know who really wrote this, but it says here, what did work was instead of telling me to do something, my husband simply made me put my clothes on, slid me into my boots, and dragged me out of the house for a walk, talking about random things on the way, not once mentioning anything to do how I was doing or asking if I felt better. That's kind of something you could do, I guess. Seven, what's wrong with you? I think, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Oh, how I wish I knew. Can you tell me? Can somebody tell me? I don't want to be like this. Why am I like this? I feel absolutely hopeless because I don't know why I became like this and I was unable to find out the reasons behind my depression. Very belittled and angry at myself. Can't deal with this. I might as well die. This is something that's gotten to me too. And I I really don't want to talk, I don't want to talk religion on this, but I'm not going to, but I will say that I have this feeling a lot. And you know, I, I think I will talk religion on this just a moment, um, but there is, especially when you're in religion, as I used to be a religious person, it's like there's always, you know, a standard of perfection, you know, that you have to live up to and and ex- expectations uh, if you're in the wrong sort of church. Let's put it that way. Uh, not every right. religion is like that. But, but then they're like, well, you're that way because probably because of something you did to anger God, Tommy, to lift the light from history science theater. But, uh, but yeah, they, they'll throw that on you. Uh, but. To continue on here, um, number eight, you should do this or you should not do this, such as kill yourself. I think, why? This is my life. I'm allowed to end it if I want. Why should I eat? I'm not hungry. I feel patronized by your condescending tone, even if you didn't have one. Rejected for not doing what you think I am supposed to do. Another bash to my already already dwindling self-confidence. You just succeeded in making me feel more desperate and more depressed. Number nine, see how others suffer even worse and have no food to eat. Be grateful for what you have. I think that's kind of a, a, a restatement of number five, actually. I think, but you told me not to compare myself with others when I told you I was envious of others who have achieved more than me. 
Again, that's the reason why I took off of Facebook this last summer. So how double-faced is it that just because others are less fortunate, I can compare with them? I know you're trying to tell me I should count my blessings. I do. Trust me, I do. But how does this solve my depression? I still feel, still feel that life is not worth living despite being grateful for what I have. I am too tired to carry on and try. I feel baffled as to why sometimes you don't compare and other times you just tell me to do so. I don't understand how being thankful makes me feel better because what I have now has no meaning and no value to me. I just want to die. Oh, that's that was a, another lyric I wanted to hear. I will read that one. I just want All to right. die. Maybe if I die, there'd be more food for those who don't have any. Proceed to jumping out the 30th floor. 10. It's all in your head. I think it's not, but I know. How do I change my head? It's not my fault. I didn't want this. I can't control it. I'm trying, but I can't. I feel furious at myself for not being able to control my head and thinking. Inept at everything I'm trying to do and worse for disappointing you. God, if you've had my father. Um, Alone that no one can understand me. Alienate myself. Doomed to fail. Might as well die. Yeah, that was something. My father. Um, I was happy when he hit me. Physical pain is temporary. Mental pain stays with you. Yeah. One time or another, I mean, I've I've felt all of these things. I've had people tell me things. One thing I get a lot of is the is the uh, you know other people have it worse than you. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the person that comes from it most is me. You know, sometimes you get so depressed, you're thinking about all the bad things in your life. You know, it's like I don't have money to put gas in my car. Tired of being, you know, and you know, people tell me I can't do anything right, and you know, I mess this up or that up or whatever. They're like, but you know, there are people in China who have nothing to eat. There are people that are getting physically tortured in, I don't know, Iran, Iraq, wherever. Uh, There are people that are so worse off than me. And the thing is, when you tell somebody that, especially that, or when you tell yourself that. It makes you even more depressed because then you f- then you feel ashamed of being ashamed of yourself. Basically, well, yeah. it's a catch twenty two, I guess, in, in a way. Yeah, it's a never ending pit of despair, really. You know, I you know, depression is a liar. Depression is a, a bastard. Depression is a pit. You know, that just keep you keep digging in. As I said, my my dad used to hit me. He used to beat me. There were times he would punch me. And times he'd pull my hair. But, you know, like I said, the pain is temporary. You still fear it. But what hurts me most and hurts me to this day is all the things he would tell me. Like, you know, you're not good enough. Uh, you can't do anything right. I, I don't know if I've told this story. I may have told this story, but there was one time when uh, I was out in the garage doing some task. And my dad came out and goes, oh, I see you're doing this the hard way. Here, do it this way. This, this, this. There, that's the easy way. And I, like, whatever. A week later, he told me to do the same task, and I was doing it. The, I was doing it the easy way he showed me. He came out to me and told me, oh, I see you're doing that the lazy way. Oh, good grief. You know, the contradicting message. You can't do anything right for some people. Now, years later, I see a lot of myself, or a lot of my dad and myself. I see that my dad was pretty much just going through the same shit I was going through. I've come to realize that my uh, my brother and my sister have their own uh, issues with depression, I'm not so sure about my mother. My mother just recently came out of a, uh, got just is a uh, is a breast cancer survivor, and uh, she's come out of it. And um, um, no, she kicked its ass. That's what she. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she kicked yeah. its ass. She kicked its f-ing ass. Yeah. Um. You know, we have our own own our own issues, but 
the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, I understand why my dad did what he did, but it still doesn't, you know, make the hurt any less. No person's depression is any better or any worse than anyone's else. It just is, you know? I mean, everybody has, everybody who suffers with mental illness has it, you know, just because, you know, person A, well, let's put it this way. In the last several years, we've had, uh, we've had a lot of famous people that have had the world on their plate commit suicide. We had Robin yep. Williams. Uh, we just passed the anniversary of that. Uh, we had, as we, you had mentioned earlier, Anthony Bourdain. Chester Bennington, it's been a year since he uh, killed himself. Now, Chester Bennington was from, um, was from the band Linkin Park. Um, he also actually got killed oh, off really? by Jigsaw in one of the Saw movies, but that's a different issue. Uh, <laughs> but um, in recent years, I've become a fan of Linkin Park. It's because there was a song called In the End that they did, which for some reason, that song... And another song that deals with depression um, called Welcome to My Life by Simple Plan somehow got put on the Walgreens music system. And I'm an employee of Walgreens, and we had that pumped into our warehouse. And I'm like, I thought you were supposed to be pumping cheery music in, not something that make people want to jab their, you know, jab their eyes out. But, uh, but I bought the album uh, Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, which I believe was their, de- their debut album. And reading the lyrics to now, and Chester Bennington, the band wrote the lyrics. Chester Charles Bennington was one of the um, authors of, uh, of the songs. I want to read you the lyrics to this song they did called Crawling. And first of all, Hybrid Theory is one of my top five albums of all time. I love the music. I love the, what do they call it, new metal, the rock rap thing. And the lyrics really get to me. But let me, let me read you the lyrics to Crawling. I wish we could play it, but... Uh, DCMA, you know, take down notices and all that shit. But um, crawling in my skin, these wounds, they will not heal. Fear is how I fall, confusing what is real. There's something inside me that pulls beneath the surface, consuming, confusing. This lack of self-control I fear is never-ending, controlling. I can't seem to find myself again. The walls are closing in. Without a sense of confidence, I'm convinced that there's just too much pressure to take. I felt this way before, so insecure. Crawling in my skin, these wounds they will not heal. Fear is falling. Fear is how I fall, confusing what is real. Discomfort endlessly has pulled itself upon me, distracting, reacting. Against my will, I stand beside my own reflection. It's haunting how I can't seem to find myself again. My walls are closing in. Without a sense of confidence, I'm convinced that there's just too much pressure to take. I felt this way before, so insecure. And then, then of course, you know, the, they repeat the the chorus in. Um, and, uh, you know, song ends out. But uh, and I'm reading all of the lyrics, um, and I'm like, it should have hit me that somebody in the band was struggling with depression mm-hmm. all the time. There's the song, I mentioned Simple Plan, uh, Welcome to My Life, and this song really makes me cry a lot. Um, and uh, the video is, you know, kind of weird. But um, the lyrics to this one, it's called, it's called Welcome to My Life, again, by Simple Plan. Do you ever feel like breaking down? Do you ever feel out of place, like somehow you just don't belong and no one understands you? Do you ever want to run away? Do you lock yourself in your room with the radio on turned up so loud that no one hears your screaming? No, you don't know what it's like when nothing feels all right. You don't know what it's like to be me or to be like me, to be hurt, to feel lost, to be left out in the dark, to be kicked when you're down, to feel like you've been pushed around, to be on the edge of breaking down and no one's there to save you. No, you don't know what it's like. Welcome to my life. You want to be somebody else. Are you sick of feeling so left out? Are you desperate to find something more before your life is over? Are you stuck inside a world you hate? Are you sick of everyone around with their big fake smiles and stupid lies while deep inside you're bleeding? 
You don't know what it's like when nothing feels all right. You don't know what it's like to be like me, uh, to be hurt, to feel lost, to be left out in the dark, to be kicked when you're down, to feel like you've been pushed around, to be on the edge of breaking down and no one's there to save you. You don't know what it's like. Welcome to my life. No one ever lied straight to your face and no one ever stabbed you in the back. You might think I'm happy, but I'm not going to be okay. Everybody always gave you what you wanted. You never had to work. It was always there. You don't know what it's like, what it's like. To be hurt, to feel lost, to be left out in the dark, to be kicked when you're down, to feel like you've been pushed around, to be on the edge of breaking down and no one's there to save you. No, you don't know what it's like, what it's like. And then it repeats the course and and Uh fades out. And um, it's off of their album (laughs) called Still Not Getting Any. (laughs) But... um, and I did a little more research into this group, and I found out that uh, they do charity concerts for uh, for mental health organizations oh, really? in Canada. So you know, uh, you know, like their music, hate their music, whatever. I love this song, and I, as you could probably tell, I was kind of breaking down a little bit right reading the lyrics. But uh, you you got to give them uh, props for what they do. I mean, that's a real serious uh, serious thing for them, and you know, kudos to them for for what they're doing for that. I'm going to talk about t- two more songs real quick. I'm going to read one more one more song lyric and uh, just a uh, well a line from another song. Everyone, again, knows I'm a huge fan of King's X. Uh, they, they were known really? as a Christian band, but they weren't really a Christian band, and they've kind of abandoned faith you know, later in their musical career. And uh, members of the group have had their issues. Uh, one, their drummer, at one point, got married, had to go into the hospital for heart surgery, and then had his house destroyed by uh, the superstorm uh, on the East Coast all in the same year. Uh, so that was, uh, what's the guy's name? Jerry Gaskell, their drummer. All in one year had that happen. Then Doug Pinnock came out as uh, as gay, and uh, he had his issues with that. And, of course, you know, they got dropped by Christian bookstores that used to sell their stuff because of that. And um, But here's a song off of their last album, which... Wow, 10 years ago. Uh, their album is called XV. I guess it stands for 15. It's called I Just Want to Live. And this is actually a happy song. Uh, I, I, I like this one. I'm stepping outside again. I'm afraid, but it's wonderful. I'm feeling the air again. It feels cold, but it's lovely. I feel in touch with myself again. I'm afraid, but, it's, but I'm wonderful. Because I can stand on my own again, and I can see that it's lovely. I just want to live. I just want to live again. I just want to live. I just want to live again. I'm learning to cry again. I'm afraid, but it's wonderful. I'm taking time for myself again. I feel some pain, but I'm dealing. I just want to live. Stepping out, let the new begin. I just want to live again. Stepping out in the rain again. Yeah, I just want to live. Let it fall. I can feel the wind. I just want to live again. Stepping out by myself again. He's stepping outside. It's a little bit scary, but it's wonderful. She's stepping outside. It's a little bit scary, but it's wonderful. Uh, and then, of course, you know, it repeats the, the chorus in that. And... um that song, and pretty much the whole album, Pretty Odd by Panic at the Disco, gets me out of a funk. Uh, of all bands, Panic at the Disco had a had a really, really uh, happy, upbeat album with the album Pretty Odd, especially the song songs uh, Nine in the Afternoon and Northern Downpour. I really love Northern Downpour. That's a great song, but I'm not going to read that one. But one thing that kind of really drove home, or really that really impacted me, other than just these lyrics here was a song by the Eagles. I believe it was already gone. 
uh, by the Eagles. And people you know, criticize mm-hmm. the Eagles, oh, Big Lebowski thing and that. Well, first of all, I like the band. <laughs> uh, but in the song, Already Gone, it's talking about a relationship or whatever and, and getting out from it, which can cause you know depression or whatever. But there's a great line in there, a couple lines, that really, even though I was not going through a relationship problem, well, <laughs> that you're aware of, uh, but the, 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 the lyric was, so oftentimes it happens that we find ourselves in chains, but we never realize we have the key. And I'm thinking about that and I'm like, that's, that's powerful stuff. When you're suffering from depression, when you're, when you're feeling suicidal, when you're, you're struggling with ADD, when you're, you know, having this, that, or the other, even temporary problems, it's hard to remember that, you know, you're finding yourself in chains, but you know, you have the key to get out of that. Uh, might be medication, might be counseling, might be just time for yourself, you know. But, um, you know, you got to find that key. Um, I was going through uh, the book, Understanding and Overcoming Depression, which I'm holding in my hand here. It's uh, kind of dog-eared, not as bad as it should be. But like I was saying, it's probably I probably should have not highlighted anything because I pretty much have the whole book highlighted. Um, but there was one thing in here I really did want to read and I wanted to end the podcast with this. So I guess we're uh, kind of uh, nearing the end here. I, th- I think I've pretty much said everything I want to. But uh, it says here, one of the advantages, and this is, this is in the introduction. And was this uh, introduction written by the author or? Yeah, this is written by the author. It's not a forward. Yeah, this is really powerful stuff here. And um, one of the advantages of struggling with depression may be the beginning of a quest to get to know and express your true self. I was saying earlier about, you know, the thing with depression being yourself. And uh, struggling with depression is a quest. A quest to find your true self. To know who you really are. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you can get to that, sometimes gen- depression is caused by external stimuli. Sometimes it's caused by chemical imbalances in your brain. Sometimes it's the effect of physical injury. But, um, you know, I, I think the most important thing to do is to to find yourself, you know. Mm. Uh, go on that quest. Those are some you know, good thoughts, Stop by yeah. the person with the uh, yellow <laughs> exclamation, the person with the yellow exclamation point over their head, the person offering the quest is you. And when you're done with that quest, you got to return the, you know, return the results of that quest back to yourself. You see, I worked video games into this. That was a World of Warcraft reference right there. Well, you see, I don't play World of Warcraft. So I don't it anymore. Totally over my head, but, but it's true. Yeah, it's true. And I've worked video games into it, so we could still huh. recall the video game podcast. There hmm. we go. Okay. One of these links you sent me that's definitely going in the show notes, like we said before, is the uh, worst things to say to someone who's depressed. It's uh, the big list hun- or the short list. It's the the big one, numbered zero through ninety nine. So it's a hundred of them. And I'm ashamed. <sighs> God, I, I, I don't know if I feel right saying this, but I'm ashamed to say that I've personally heard my mother say a lot of this stuff and about about depression. And she's been a nurse for 50 yeah. years, too. Well, I, mean, I love my mom to death, but for God's sakes, really? The thing is, though, uh, is, she, is she retired or is she still a nurse? She's semi-retired. I mean, she's officially retired, but she still actually works part-time. But here's the thing, too, though. I mean, when our parent, when you're when your mother went through medical school or whatever she had to do to become a nurse, we know more about mental illness and treatment now than we did back then. So, you know, I would say, yeah, she said stuff like that. 
know, yeah, I think she, you know, cut her a little, cut her some, I, I say cut yeah. her slack, you know, yeah. she yeah. was just it, acting with what she knew. That's all. That, yeah, that's, that, that's very true. I mean, she'll say stuff like, why don't people with depression just go outside and take a walk? It's well, for some people that'll work. Other people it won't. It's different for everybody. You know? mm-hmm. And Something else. In fact, my I was given uh, permission to mention this. I mean, a lot of things what you that you said. I mean, it sounds familiar. Like I've known other people say these kind of things, but who I don't think consider themselves having depression, or they haven't been diagnosed at, at least. Like there, there are times when my wife will feel hopeless about a lot of things, like mm-hmm. questioning everything. You know, so why should I believe that someone's going to be nice to me and and things like this mm-hmm. and just recently just recently she made an appointment with a therapist just to get this all sorted out so she's got she got an appointment coming up and i think just doing that Mm -hmm. really made her feel a lot better yeah just just making the appointment getting on the first rung of the ladder lifts you higher just taking that first step lifts lifts you higher you might fall off the ladder again but you always got that that rung yeah. you can go back up onto. Yeah, I know a lot of things that kind of aggravate her. Are th- it's it's kind of like uh, when you were talking about how your dad was on you, and you were like, "Okay, what am I supposed to do? Is it mm-hmm. is it the easy? Am I doing it the wrong way, or am I doing it the lazy way? Whatever." It sounds like a lot of the kind of things that my mother in law does to my wife. Actually, like she she makes these snide comments all the time. My wife will step back and say, "You know what it is, though." I'll bet you she's jealous of me because look, look what's going on. You know, I have a master's degree. I have a career. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I have a successful marriage. My, my, my in-laws divorced after I think they're about 15 years married. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law grew up in the era where if, if you were a girl, then, you know, you were supposed to do this to make your husband happy. You didn't call up boys. Boys called up you and mm-hmm. all this. Basically you are the submissive one. And, you know, here's my wife who's doing all this stuff on her own and she has a master's degree. My, my mother-in-law never went to college Mm -hmm. and just like the jealousy is lashing out, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I have my own, because of my living situation and my finances, I have my own struggles with my mother-in-law and it's kind of in many ways, kind of like being back home with dad, just without the violence. Um, and I, got to get out of here but it's just like you know hard to i've got so much stuff right now you know on the back of my head and i have to be honest i mean the, the depression has all more than maybe even you believe have just made me want to say you know what F- the podcast i mean just i'm done with it I, I just can't do it anymore i mean just i just don't feel like doing it there's many times and i think it's many episodes that shows that i did the podcast despite myself and um you know, a lot of times I feel like, you know, it's, it's terrible. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of times I'm like, well, why, why are we even doing this? Look how many video game podcasts there are out there, you know, and, and whatever. And I've actually uh, had How that. many of them talk about Tinkle Pit though? Um, well, that's true. I know of only, well, I know of none actually. There was one that did it years, years ago. ago. That's true. And one that talked about Uncle Pooh. And the guys that talked about Uncle Pooh are our friends, which I'm so excited so. to actually be seeing them in December. Yes, yes. Um, by the way, and um, but yeah, I mean, it just sometimes it just feels like hopeless. I mean, there are many times that I'm just like, I'm not getting any fun from my video games anymore. Um, 
I got all these books I could, I've started that I've never finished reading, and I don't know if I can finish them because I just don't have the attention span. Um, I get distracted when I read. I can only read in small chunks before it's just like I drift off and don't get anything out of what I'm reading. I generally have to read a book two, three, four times before I get anything read out of it. Hmm. And um, I don't know. <sighs> and, that's, and that's something else, too. I mean, maybe... I don't know. Maybe the reason that I, I don't really feel like, like how I, I feel like I don't really, I don't know if I even have a right to be on this episode. You have a right. It's because again, I don't know what people are going through, but something that comes to mind is that I might've mentioned this before, but I always have some kind of project I'm in the middle of, whether Mm -hmm. it be this podcast or trying to get autobiography of a schnook off the ground. Sorry for the plug. No, I'm not sorry. (laughs) Plug away. Uh, you know, making a buttload like, of plugs. I, I like recording music, going to shows, uh, taking classes. I mean, it's like I said before, I'm a web developer for a living, but I also do it for fun because I'm such a nerd. And of course, video games, I have all these interests that I just wonder if it's just that I, I don't have time to be. And when I'm not doing any of that, my wife and I are doing something together because we're, we, we're always doing something together. And it's so I guess maybe I'm just too occupied mm-hmm. to recognize to allow any depression to come in. I don't know. I really don't know. Not that I want it, of course, but you know, one thing I have, I have an issue with, and I was mentioning my mother-in-law and I may be getting a little too personal here, but I just don't give a shit is that she never tells me this, but she always insinuates that I'm a bad father. And I start believing it. I mean, my, my oldest and my youngest are always watching YouTube or playing video games and, you know, I'm in my room and sometimes I go out on my bicycle and I just, you know, don't, I, 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 I should be spending more time with them and I totally acknowledge that. But I think one of the things is, first of all, I, I don't like my situation. No, I, oh, you need to be trying to change it. And I'm like, believe me, I'm looking, trying to find solutions. I'm not, and I'm coming up empty handed. I want to get out of here. But, you know, it's, um, again, you know, depression is selfish, you know, you're, you know, you're just pretty much thinking about yourself and it's not necessarily a bad thing. But then my oldest and my youngest are uh, on the autism spectrum. My oldest uh, was uh, Asperger's, but uh, I think they've fully moved Asperger's onto the autism spectrum just this year, mm-hmm. maybe it's within the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, and they have their own issues and I see a lot of myself in both of them in different ways. My, my daughter, my oldest you know, she just doesn't, she wants, she's always on her phone and, you know, video games and whatever, and, and always timid and naive. Um, my son has, has the notorious global streak of anger and, uh, you know, you know, same stuff and, you know, seeing a lot of my father in them. Um, at least in this now, I, you know, I, I, I can see, you know, past the generations and see where the, the issues are to see where I came from. But again, as I said in the book, what I wanted to end with was that uh, getting, you know, treatment, understanding your, your, you know, realizing your depression, understanding it. I'm not looking at the direct quote here, but that is a start of a journey of self-discovery, knowing who you are. So mm-hmm. and I think with that, I think that's a good place to, to end it. And before we go, though, we're going to link to the uh, International Bipolar Foundation uh, list of uh, international list of suicide hotlines. I don't think this is all of them. That are available, but these this is the best list that I found. Uh, again, Australia is one three one 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 four, 
Canada is in Montreal is 514-723-4000. Outside Montreal is 1-866-277-3553. Do we have any listeners in France? I don't know. Do we, uh, remind me, did you have a number for uh, Indonesia? No, there's not okay. one for Indonesia or Malaysia. Oh. Um, uh, I, I'll give the France one anyway. 0145394000, Germany is 0800181 I give Ireland plus 4408457909090. Mexico is 5255102550. In the UK is 0845790990. Oh, it's the same as uh, oh, similar to Ireland. Ah, it's the same except Ireland's got the plus 440. Uh, the United States is 1-800-273-8255. Once again, that is the, the United States one is the uh, suicide prevention lifeline. They also have a, a chat, chat service, and they also have uh, deaf and hard of hearing service as well. And finally, the Veterans Crisis Line, which is 1-800-273-8255, or you can text them at 838-255. Call. You know, reach out to somebody. Uh, again, also uh, the Trevor Project. I forgot to read that one. 866-488-7386. You know, reach out to somebody. Um, avail yourself of the services at nami.org. That's N-A-M-I.org. They have a bunch of resources there. They even have their own helpline, which is 800-950-6264. Or if you're in a crisis, it says here, text NAMI, N-A-M-I, to 741-741. And... Um, yeah, they have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, situations there. Uh, one of the one thing that's been big recently is um, is people getting a tattoo of a semicolon. You know, people that are afflicted with uh, a mental illness uh, or a mental situation of some sort, and uh, it's supposed to mean my story is not yet written or <laughs> my story is not yet over. And right. uh, I've seriously, if I can come up with the cash, I'm seriously considering doing that. I had been thinking about an Atari tattoo, but that the semicolon means a little bit more. So uh, yeah, I had heard of that actually. Yeah, so that's been a thing lately. So so the semicolon. I've heard the Atari, of course, but I'm talking oh. about the semicolon. Something else that I want to put in the show notes. There's an article that was recently posted from uh, KQED, which I believe is a uh, NPR station out of Pennsylvania, if I'm uh-huh. not mistaken. It wouldn't be Pennsylvania. It's K. That'd be West. The only Pennsylvania station with a K that I know of is KDKA, but. Uh, Sorry about the radio uh, thing there. <laughs> but uh, the article is called Pediatricians Call for Universal Depression Screening for Teens. And hmm. just a quick summary, it's about how, well, this actually the, the, the name of the article summarizes it right there. But it's definitely worth a read. It's like a one to two minute read. So I, th- I think we should add that as well. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, I think we should probably thank our Patreon sponsors. Yes, yes, we do. And, Especially um, today. Yeah. So I offer uh, thanks. I'm just going to read straight ahead down the list. Not going to get creative. Uh, thank you to Art Guglielmo and Atari Bytes and D. Alex and Greg Polander. Uh, hey, Soul Blazer, thanks again for sending your uh, contribution to this show. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Greg. Yeah. Jonas Rulo, Keith Sheehan, Kyle Etter, Michael D'Angelo, Nate Lockhart. New Balance Stores, Phoenix, PJ Steele, Richard Grounds, Richard Valdez, Rory Coleman, Steve Steiner, Tim Foley, and Underground Retrocade. And as usual, we say thank you to Steve Tuohy of Tuohyville.com. Tuohyville spelled T-O-U-H-Y-V-I-L-L-E. Thank you, Steve, for putting Pie Factory Podcast on your schedule. 
And of course, this episode was underwritten by Mocha de Gorilla, Gorilla Snot Gel. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening. And um, again, I'm not I gonna... forgot the games we're talking about for episode 84. Well, good it's Lord. a good thing I have the drive up. I don't have this. Yeah, I remember one, one of them, uh, uh, something, something Astro, wanted in Astro Blaster, Astro Blaster and yes. Avalanche. And Avalanche. Okay. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll take Avalanche. Okay, and I guess I'll take Astro Blaster. Because yeah, I've not ever, not actually ever seen, I've We've both seen Astro Blaster, but I have played Avalanche in emulation, so. Anyway. Which is probably what I'll do, so yeah. So, yeah. So, there you go. And thank you all for listening, and... Um, and thanks to, um, I personally thank Jimmy G for uh, uh, sharing his, his thoughts, his uh, pretty freaking intimate um, experiences here. I personally think that, that that's pretty damn brave to do that to uh, potentially 500 listeners. You yeah. know? <laughs> I don't give a f***. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where I just don't care. Sometimes that can be a good thing, though. Sure. All right. So you going to end with an oxymoron? Um, sure, except I realize the one that I've chosen can be either an oxymoron or a redundancy. Oh. So as I sign off, I say, student teacher. There we go. So thank you, everybody. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is The Happy L, composed by Sean Courtney. Follow the Pie Factory podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash Pie Factory Podcast. I want to know what that song is. <laughs> maybe you made it up. Ooh, maybe. See, you're a web designer and you're a uh, composer. Again. You know, one thing I've been wanting to do, but I've just not had the time to do it, is actually uh, do a re-recording of one of my uh, one of my favorite songs. Um, it was it was uh, would be uh, what was it? Crawling by uh, Linkin Park.